And away we go. I hope. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Firefox News Online, America's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules are very simple. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room. And if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. Also, bear in mind that this is a roundtable discussion format. So please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, and education. Firefox News Online Productions and its news division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. And now, on with tonight's broadcast. of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. In tonight's Talking Points, I want to emphasize that at no time should a media outlet ever do what CNN and MSNBC have been doing to this president since day one. That being said, let me make this very clear. What I'm about to say is something I've said more than once, but it needs to be repeated because you, the American people, deserve to know what the media is not telling you and what the media is doing to this president and so forth. Now, there's one thing I disagree with President Trump on, 
right now during this coronavirus situation. The President of the United States does not have the final say on whether a state can open its uh, businesses or what have you uh, and go back to normal operations or semi-normal operations or whatever the case may be. That is something the President needs to he needs to be told that up front. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you're doing a good job, regardless of party affiliation, I'll say it. If you're doing something that's not quite right, you're doing something wrong, I'm going to say it. Regardless of your party affiliation, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is I'm going to let the American people know. Now, President Trump has made the statement that in the coming days, he will most likely make a decision. To reopen the country. Now that's that's really nice. I like that very much. I like the sound of it. it. Sounds great in the speaking, but unfortunately, constitutionally, he's not able to do that. Okay, the individual states have to be able to make their own decisions on this matter. The federal government doesn't have that authority, nor does the president of the United States. The Oval Office cannot do that for the states themselves. Uh, this goes in line with states' rights. So, having said that, let me now point out something else and get to the heart of why I'm doing this talking points tonight. During the uh, coronavirus briefing tonight, I decided to stop at CNN. Their banners, and I'm going to show this on the video platforms, okay? And I'm going to show the screen captures on the uh journalist page that I have on Facebook because I want people to understand this is the kind of lunacy that CNN is telling their people to do on the banner where you see you know like for example uh, and I'll just take one from what I'm looking at right now Trump falsely claims total authority after governors band together to determine opening of economy. Now, that banner could have been worded a lot better than it was. It's not that he falsely claimed it. The fact is, he didn't know. He doesn't know that he doesn't have that final say, that it's not up to him. And I think his administration needs to sit down with him and say, look, Mr. President, according to the Constitution, it's not up to you. It's up to the governors of the states to do that themselves. The federal government cannot get involved in that. And I think once President Trump is told that and it's explained to him, he'll hopefully back off his position on that. Now, that being said, however, one other banner is, and, and this is what gets me, I mean, you, you have to take what CNN does with a grain of salt, okay? You have to take what they say with a grain of salt. So, for example, Trump melts down in angry response to reports he ignored virus warnings. That's reporting the news? How can CNN be so completely imbecilic in their responsibility to the American people to report the news accurately by writing something in the, in the, in the banner Right underneath breaking news, it says Trump melts down in angry response to reports he ignored virus warnings. Uh, yeah, CNN, you need to grow a brain cell, okay? You need to grow a brain cell. 
And then there's the one that says, angry Trump uses propaganda video produced by government employees at taxpayers' expense. Prove it. The burden of proof is on you, CNN. Let's see your proof that he did this. And calling him angry Trump, that is slander. For cable news network to use slander like they've been doing since day one is atrocious. And the Federal Communications Commission needs to step up to the plate. They need to step up and say, whoa, if you're a news organization, to slander someone in this fashion is, well, at your own risk. Now, the FCC can't legally pull their license, although with all the insanity that they've done, lying to the American people, withholding information that the American people have a right to know, and it's not just CNN, it's MSNBC as well. They need to do something with these so-called news organizations. Pull them up by the bootstraps and tell them, listen, boys and girls, here's the bottom line. You've been lying to the American people, lying, 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 and more lying. Here's what you're not going to be doing. You want to keep your broadcast license? I suggest, and this is the FCC speaking to them, you get your act together. Otherwise, we'll do an in-depth investigation into your broadcasting practices. And if we find that you have violated FCC rules, even in the slightest degree, we will pull the plug on your license. They can do that. They can pull the license and not even have to have a reason for pulling it. And CNN knows that. So does MSNBC. So does every broadcast news organization on cable and satellite. They know that. They know that at any time the FCC can say, thank you, have a nice day. And that would end a news organization's broadcast day permanently. So... CNN, using all of this propaganda nonsense on behalf of the Democratic Party, at the behest of the Democrats, is starting to get a little bit ridiculous. No, it's not getting a little bit ridiculous. It's getting out of hand. It's out of control. And the American people need to wake up. America, it's time to tell CNN and MSNBC and any other left-leaning liberal outlet that decides they're going to attack President Trump in this fashion, it's over, baby. Time to grow up from the neck up. We're done with you. Because you're not giving us news. You're giving us propaganda and personal attacks against the man who's in the office of President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. There is no excuse for this kind of behavior by any news organization. Even Firefox News Online, while not licensed by the Federal Communications Commission and not requiring one on the Internet, we still have a right to free speech and freedom of the press. But abuse of that, well, that's kind of going a bit against the grain. Now, yes, I've said things about Barack Obama that probably have gotten a lot of people pissed off at me, and that's fine. I understand you're pissed. Be pissed. Don't be threatening, don't be violent, be pissed, and, you know, just remember that I'm not trying to be personal. I'm just speaking from the heart. I'm speaking the way it seems to me, my personal opinion. And when it comes to President Trump saying something that doesn't add up, 
Well, him coming out and saying that he'll make a final decision on opening up the, the country doesn't add up because the Constitution does not give him that authority. And I think his administration truly, as I said, needs to sit him down and explain it to him. So this way there's no misunderstandings. If he wants to win in November, he better get it together because he's going to start screwing himself if he's not careful. And I don't want to see that because I'm voting for the man in November, and that's all there is to it. Yes, I said I am voting for Donald Trump again, and that's my personal choice. I have that right. Now, beyond that, beyond that, however, let me point out the obvious facts. When a news organization decides to, like CNN just did a moment ago, cut to, uh, let me see here, how many people are on the panel? Oh, there's got to be at least six, maybe seven people. And it's Erin Burnett out in front. She's talking to John King. Well, you know what, CNN, that's stupid. What also is ridiculous is how the local news networks all here in New York jump on showing Governor Cuomo. Well, that's great. Give Governor Cuomo his airtime in New York. Fine. But do the same thing with the President of the United States. Equal time. That you're not doing. CNN is not doing equal time because they hate Donald Trump, because the Democrats hate Donald Trump. This is getting out of hand. It is the last and final straw. America, we need to stand up and say to the media, quit lying to us, tell us everything, or sit down and shut up, little boys and girls. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trends and Ice broadcast all over the globe on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. All right. <clears throat> now let's see here. How can I put this using the handheld microphone, folks? <laughs> uh, I didn't realize my talking points was just about finito. And I wanted to make a quick cup of coffee here, but unfortunately that wasn't going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. I'm just going to have to use the handheld mic until I can get back to my chair and stuff like that there. So, like I said in my talking points, you know, look, I think the world of President Trump, I voted for the man in 2016. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the man has done a phenomenal job. But with this, he, you gotta, he's got to really sit down and listen, you know, to people and, and realize uh, that his, his situation, okay, his situation uh, requires him to be very, you know, to be very, very cautious, all right? To say something like he'll make a decision on opening up the country, okay? Well, constitutionally, it's up to the individual states. And I, I did a little digging into that, and yes, it is up to the individual states to do it themselves. 
because un- unfortunately it's, it, sits, it stares right in the face of states' rights. Um, can he go to the governors of, this, of all 50 states and, and, and say to them, we're going to start opening up, I'd like to see us opening up the country, and, when I, and, and what I mean by us is the governors working with, and the president working with the governors to help make things uh, a reality in this case, uh, to transition everything with a plan in place. You know, if you've got a plan in place, work with the governors of the states that you want to start opening up the, the country to and so forth. Places like New York and California, New Orleans, uh, in all honesty, it's, going to be, it's not going to be as easy as that, uh, sadly, to open, us, open up to the country. Um, on the phone line with me is Gunslinger, and as always, Gun, how you doing? I'm here still cool for this time of year, but warming up by Wednesday, what they said. But that's good. That's a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's already, we're, we're, we're getting late 50s, early 60s here in my neck of the woods now. Uh, don't have the temperature handy to tell you, but I won't. That is probably warmer here than than where you are right now. I don't know about that. It's 48 degrees here. Yeah, we're a little bit higher than that. 48. Maybe not by much. <laughs> it does cool off at night. I mean, the, the morning low this morning when I got up was 37 degrees. Uh, let's see. Good thing I'm on the handheld microphone. Do, 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 do. So what? Uh, I like that. I I took the phone out. I already took the phone off the charger. I just can't remember what I did with it. Hmm. Oh, this is most embarrassing. Oh, it was on the desk the whole time. And, silly name. It is currently 58 degrees with a field. No, I take that back. It just updated. It is 60 degrees, but it feels like 54. Damn, you're warmer than, than, than Texas is. Damn. I told you we were. I told you I, that we were, didn't I? I mean, I wouldn't kid you about that one, buddy. No, 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 no. And if I were kidding, I'd say the dumbest man in the world, the smartest man in the world, and a rabbi were all on a plane together. There were only two parachutes. What ones, aside from the pilot's parachute, there were only two passenger parachutes. Who stayed behind with the plane? You know, something like that. 
Anyway, I know, old joke. Now then, I've got a cup of coffee brewing. So, yeah, um, hey, got news for you, Gun. No way's in the chat room, and he says it's 50, it's 59 degrees in southern Maine. Southern Maine's warmer than Texas. Go figure. I'm not going to try and figure it out, Gunslinger, only because if I try to figure it out, I'll probably end up with a headache. And good to see you, No Way, as always. Oh, good grief. Now, if I'm yawning at, at this stage of the game, it's only because I really didn't get much of a power nap in. Oh, well. I will get over it. Now, I'll tell you what. I'm going to show you. I'm going to put some screen captures in as I use them. Uh, from uh, CNN earlier today. Uh, and you can see the timestamp in the upper left corner of when this was taking place. This was during the uh, coronavirus briefing. Wow. I'm power yawning. So let's see if we can't get this uh, get this out there. All right. Now, let me put the link. Did I put the link in the chat room? No, I didn't. Yes, I did, and I almost screwed it up. According to what No Way is saying, they got three inches of rain in 24 hours to go with the with the heat wave. <laughs> yeah, we we had a a massive downpour here in where I am. You know, that's a Jesus God! I can't stop yawning now. This ain't freaking fair. I go to say something, I'm yawn. City here. Um, we had a a really drenching downpour uh, tonight. It, it was right around the time that the press briefing had just started. And I mean, it came down in bu- 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 buckets, buddy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. All right. On your screen, you, you'll, you'll see, those of you watching at home, watching on the video platforms, you'll see uh, a screen capture I took of CNN The important area to notice is what it says under breaking news. Angry Trump uses propaganda video produced by government employees at taxpayers' expense. Really? I'd like to see the proof of that, CNN. Okay. I would love to see the proof in that one. 
because unless you can prove it, it's bullshit. Okay? If you can't prove it, it's bullshit. How do you like this? I'm trying to adjust my camera, and it's not—it's not—it's not adjusting proper. Well, this ain't good. There, I think I got it. So that was the first one from CNN. Now. I'll show you another one. They may not all be in order, but you, you'll, you'll notice the timestamp in the upper in the upper left corner of each one. All right. So here again, I'll put this. I'll put the link to the screen capture in the chat room. And I see Mike from Louisiana is in the chat room. Hey, Mikey. All right. Now. This screen capture will show you in the underneath the underneath the breaking news banner. Trump melts down in angry response to reports he ignored virus warnings. He didn't have a meltdown, motherfuckers. <laughs> he wasn't. A, no, 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 no. You see, this is here again. CNN lies. And if, if, if what they're putting on the banner under breaking news is breaking news, that he had a meltdown, no, that's not breaking news. That's slander. Let's get it straight, people. Let's call, it, let's call a tea kettle a tea kettle and a coffee pot a coffee pot. Because, by God, that shit is wrong. And then, according to the Confused News Network, Trump, this is, again, this is under the, the breaking news banner on CNN during the press briefing today. Trump falsely claims media ignored coronavirus in January and February. No, he didn't falsely claim anything. They did ignore it. What the fuck are they kidding? Okay? They did ignore it. So, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I get the distinct impression that Honesty is not something they're accustomed to. And then finally, I love this one. Again, noticing that these are from today, it is from today's press briefing, and the timestamp indicates when it took place. Under breaking news, CNN is saying, 
President Trump attacks media after series of reports. He ignored warnings as virus spread. You know, I, I really think uh, CNN has a problem with honesty. I truly do. I, I think they have a, a serious honesty issue. Um, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Got Mike from Louisiana uh, joining us. Uh, no, it's not just you, George. You know. We've known this, I mean, you know, we've known this for a while that they lie and they, I mean, you, you, what was it, last week you put that side-by-side uh, -side from CNN uh, in the chat room where they actually edit, editorially changed that, changed that uh, headline, you know, and... Mm -hmm. And basically made the first headline lie in the second headline when the first headline was the truth, you know. So then they like to try to wordsmith things to the point of where they get it in their in their favor, you know. It's like if you if you've ever watched the uh, any of the older, you know. The Walter Cronkites and the, all these people that were before, were way before them, they never did. They they never did this type of stuff, you know. Whereas, or almost never did it. Whereas these guys do it all the time. Back to you, George. Yeah, they, well, you got to remember, Walter Cronkite was of a different era. Okay. He retired around the time CNN started. Right. Okay? Because CNN started in June of 1980, and I believe he retired shortly after they began, if memory serves correctly. Um, but, again, Walter Cronkite, and he was a Democrat, by the way. Walter Cronkite was a Democrat. But he didn't express his political views back then on the evening news the way they do today. Okay, He never did that. His, his way of looking at it was report the story, report it accurately, report it honestly. I mean, that seems to be the right way to do it or or maybe or am I or maybe I'm just hallucinating here no you're not I mean, is it my imagination no you're not your imagination hmm? it's pretty much the way it is because these are a bunch of damn idiots or liars you know CNN or communist news network <laughs> what do you expect from commies okay of course they're going to make all this shit up. They're going to make, oh, look what he did. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. They've been on his ass <laughs> since day one. <laughs> well, I mean, that ought to prove something right there. So, you know, I, you know, instead of working with him and working, trying to get things done, and it's just, it's just, it's just a waste of, waste of time. No wonder he got, I'd get pissed off at him too. You know, I seen the little clip there where he was addressing him. Uh, 
he had it. He said, "I document everything," and he does. It just proved him wrong again, as usual. You know, what's new? <laughs> well, guys, I'll, I'll tell you what. Think about this. You know, many of us who grew up watching uh, the news with our parents back 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 in the day. We saw a different side of the media then. We saw a different side of what, of what news reporting really was supposed to be. Instead, we got treated to lies, hearsays, and innuendos in the, here in the tw- early 21st century by a bunch of media fuckheads that haven't got the brains God gave them. I mean, all right, Mike, answer me this. Answer me this. If, if the media was to do things today the way they're doing, the way, they're, the way they did them, say, in the 70s, would we have the kind of journalist attacks against a sitting president? Or would it be straight news, no pundits, and they would report the entire story, not hide shit from us or withhold information from us? Mike? Okay, Gunslinger, how about you? Well, that's a, that's a between then and now is a completely different end of the horse. Okay, back then they were more honest. You know, I don't know how honest news reporting can be. Uh, I'm sure it was a lot more honest than it is today. Obviously, okay, because they, I don't know why somebody is pushing their buttons. Somebody is is telling them not to tell the American people what's going on. Okay, it's the only thing it could be. What else? I mean, yeah, I know probably that some of that stuff existed back then too, no doubt. Now, they wasn't completely honest little, you know, halo well wearing angels back then, just like they are today. Uh, <clears throat> it may not be necessarily the reporter out there in the field getting it. Okay, it's when they bring in their story. And they, and the big boss, the editor, and all that stuff, they look over to, eh, that's a little bit too hot potato. Let's not, let's not do that one. Or, you know, oh, how's the weather? Oh, we'll let that one go, sure. Oh, yeah, well, oh, look who come out of the closet today. Oh, we'll let that kind of bullshit go out, you know. But uh, it's just the signs of the times. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's like a roller coaster, you know. It's, it's a long term roller, roller coaster. Go ahead. <clears throat> George. <clears throat> yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, Mike. Uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. 
if if you were I want you to look back at at, at news reporting of the 1970s, okay? You think you're I think you're old enough to remember uh to to look back at that. The way the, the way say Walter Cronkite did the news compared to the way the news is done today. And my, keep in mind Cronkite was a Democrat. Okay. If the news was reported today with the same dispassionate, the same non-biased mentality as was used in the 1970s, would we see a president of the United States of America attacked the way Trump has been attacked of late? Well, actually, since he came down the escalator, to be more precise. Mike? I don't think so. You know, I mean, I mean, you, you talk about Walter Cronkite, but I think you could throw Hugh Downs into that sort of mix as well. You know, uh, yeah, who used to do, who retired from 2020 a few years back, but uh, not 2020, uh, yeah, 2020, whatever it was. But yeah, you could throw some of these guys, you wouldn't see. You know, you wouldn't see that, you know, you, out of those guys, if you had those type of guys who were intellectually honest, who knew what they were doing, and who, because really, really, if you look at CNN in particular, none of those guys who were on-the-air guys who were faces was Chris Fredo and... You know, uh, Mr. Vanderbilt and and any number of the other guys know what they can get it done without something being on that teleprompter. You know, whereas I think that if you look at Hugh Downs and guys like Hugh Downs and and uh, Walter Cronkite, they really didn't need a teleprompter. I mean, they had it, but they didn't need it because they were that good. I don't think any of these guys are anywhere near as good as what they, what what those other two guys are, you know, or were, you know. So, yeah, it's just it's not just the fact that they uh, things come down from on high. It's just that they're just not that good anymore, even though they think they are. Well. I think I th- you know I I think of of uh, I think of you know the days of Cronkite because I grew up watching the CBS Evening News because my father would watch the local news first then the, then the the national news and I'd be stuck there watching it with him because there was uh, until he got done watching the news nobody could watch a damn thing on the TV but. That you know that notwithstanding, I mean, I I I would see Walter Cronkite sit there. And yes, he had papers in front of him with the sto- with, with each written story. He would have the teleprompter. Now, if the teleprompter went down, he had the written story right there in front of him on the desk. But he kept his opinions to himself. 
He didn't call the president mentally unstable. He never called a president unfit to lead and all this other shit that we hear today. Okay? The stuff we're getting today, you didn't hear back then. Don't ask me why things had to change. Well, actually, I can give you a good idea. Part of it has to do with when CNN started, there was no other cable news channels. Then MSNBC came along. Then Fox News Channel came along. And then the news ratings battle began. Now the media, to, to fast forward back to today, the media, the Looney Tune media, is actually going out of its way to attack the president and blame him for coronavirus. That's right, folks. You heard me right. I said they are blaming President Trump for coronavirus. They're going out of their way to do that. And for the life of me, I can't, I can't believe that anybody would be dumb enough, would be insane enough to even try to blame President Trump when the blame is China. They would blame President Trump if a goat farted wrong. Okay? This is how screwball these people are. I've never seen stupidity at the height of stupidity that I'm seeing today, okay? And I'm 56 years old, hell, George, you're about a year older than I am. Okay, <clears throat> this is... Yeah, I'm turning I mean, 57 this is on the 22nd. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, this is this is the most amazing thing I have ever seen. I mean, nothing can compare to how these people have such a hatred for a person that is trying to do right for the country. Okay, and he's doing he's doing a damn good job. It was, I guarantee you, if any of those other idiots would have got in there, oh my God, sheesh, wow! I wouldn't even want to think of what how this country would be in the shape that it is today. You think a lot of people this virus got a lot of people? If he didn't act when he did, okay, it would have been a zillion times worse. Okay, now we're not out of the fucking woods yet, obviously, but it would have been a zillion times worse. Okay, I mean he's doing he's doing everything that he could possibly can do. I mean, he's only one man. I mean, geez. I mean, how else would these other people handle it? Oh, well, they probably open the borders, let them all, let all these motherfuckers come in here. I mean, you know, but so you can't do that. You have to put your foot down, especially when you're a leader of a country. I mean, as big as this country is, as this United States is, and the most powerful and all this good stuff. Uh, and, on, you know, and he's trying to reopen the country. I know he can't do it by, you know, he's going to make a decision. If, I think you've said that as a broad spectrum, like a broad thing. Like, I'm going to meet with the governors and let's try to get this thing back on track as quickly as possible. Okay? Because this shit can't sit like this for very much longer. Okay, I'm telling you. I, you know, I don't agree with Ron Reck. This, this is not a total collapse. Yet. If it keeps down this track and these states don't start coming back online, you know, yeah, Ron Rex is going to be right, unfortunately. Okay. But right now we're in a holding pattern. Okay. And I can flying when you're, when the, when the uh, air traffic controllers put you in a holding pattern around an airport, we're in a holding pattern. 
Okay. Everything is still, well, most everything is still moving. I mean, I went out there a little while yesterday evening down to a friend of mine down the street here, or down the highway here. The trucks are still on the highway. There's still cars on the highway. The gas stations are still open. Uh, the choke and puke places are still open, drive through only or delivery. Uh, so it's not come to a complete standstill. Okay. Like Ron Rex says, it's not. No, every I still see airplanes in the in the in the sky flying over here, going in DFW. Okay, so, but he's trying to push to try to get things try to as best as he can because if it sits idle, it will, you know, it will go down even deeper, and it's going to be twice as hard to come back out. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Well, I, I think um, I think right now, and, and, I, and I've said this myself here. Okay, you know I disagree with Ron Reck on on his uh, on his economic collapse thing, because if we were going, if an economic collapse was going to take place, it it would have happened a long time ago. Okay, I disagree with him on that. Remember, I'm not going to sit here and say that it can't happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you got. Okay, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say. I'll... Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say that you know there's different levels of economic collapse. It's just not on off. Okay, there's that that, that, no, that the can't happen. The economic collapse Ron talks about is total and complete, where everything yeah, is. Total. Yeah, he's talking about completely, total. and there's no coming yeah, back. Completely, yeah, completely. total. Completely go through the bottom we're not that to that we're not at that point yet as long as they can keep pumping money in from some i don't care where that's going to keep these businesses afloat now so will some of the business reopen they may not most of them will okay i mean like i said you know when the great the the housing bubble busted in what 2007 2008 all them people lost their jobs lost their houses i think that would cause probably wasn't why i lost my property but we're still here <laughs> we're still talking so it didn't go completely bonkers you know i haven't seen anybody eating out of, the, out of a garbage can have you mike have you seen anybody eating out of garbage cans yet no not yet I not yet so, so that's a complete... well, well wait a minute now wait a minute now hold on here back up the bus here a second uh long before coronavirus hit this country there are people who are homeless that do eat out of dumpsters and garbage cans and things like that. So that's really not a that's really not a fair question to ask because, dude, I've seen it. Okay, it's it made me sick to my stomach to see it, but I've seen it. And I've heard the horror stories from people who have been homeless, had no money, no food, and w- resorted to eating out of garbage cans, dumpsters. And uh, even going in, even while even they, they would even sit in a restaurant, wait for people to leave the table, and all of a sudden they'd start scarfing down what they left behind. Well, yeah, there's there's so the exception. Me. Yeah, there's there's the exception to homeless people. Okay, but I mean, I mean, business people that are running, you know, big businesses going out there and eating in the garbage cans. No, my dad's seen that. In the great in the in the depression, he was in Dallas, okay, during the Great Depression, okay. He actually seen businessmen, okay, owners of businesses and everything eating out of garbage cans. That's this is what I'm 
this is what I'm talking about. Obviously, those businessmen are mm. not homeless. They're well off, okay? They're very well off. But he's seen them. <laughs> He'd had a garbage can, okay? <laughs> My mom was living on a farm down here in Waxahachie. They didn't even really know that there was a depression on at the time because they lived on a farm. But my dad was working up here in Dallas. And, yeah, he said he's seen them. He said, you know, wearing, wearing suits, going out there rummaging through those garbage cans. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the homeless people. I'm talking about, you know, the right, but, business but you, owners. You see, you see, I, I don't know if you said anything about, about business people initially, um, but still – you know, there are people that do. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's sad to see it, but there are people that do. Uh, to see a guy in a three-piece suit do it? Uh, no. Although, 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 if they lose everything, one can never tell what what a guy in a three-piece suit might do if he loses everything. Think about that. They'll either yeah, commit I mean, suicide or they'll eat out of the garbage can. Yeah, there's a lot of people you know, that committed to that too. There's a lot of people that jumped off buildings. They couldn't handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. Lost everything. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, this, you, you, talk, you mentioned earlier, you know, them blaming, them trying to blame the president for, uh, for the coronavirus. This isn't the first time the media has done this. Uh, the Democrats have done this. Remember what they tried to do with President Reagan and the AIDS and the HIV deal? You know, they tried to blame him for mm-hmm. the, that too, you know? So yeah. them trying to blame a Republican for a virus is not is nothing new. So it's been, you know, it all goes back to the, the whole Democratic playbook, bigot, sexist, homophobe, all that type of crap, and uh, you know, you know when when we weren't when the whole thing about Obamacare was going down and and there were a bunch of people against it and what did we see? We saw uh, a guy who looked like uh, Paul Ryan pushing a an old person off of a cliff. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they do, stoking the fears. That's what they that's what the liberal progressives do. That's what they like to do. That's that's the that's almost their entire playbook, you know. Well, the 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 difference between the way the Democrats went after Ronald Reagan and the different and and the way they're going after uh, Donald Trump is they're doing they're doing it to Donald Trump every single. Day and aggressively, they didn't do to Ronald Reagan what they're doing to Trump in in, in the in the capacity that they're doing it in. Yeah, and we're talking about back in the eighties, as compared to now. Okay, I think the Democrats had a were a little less ambitious in the eighties. They, they were a little less likely to try something like this because Ronald Reagan was very well loved and they didn't want to risk anything. Now, what happened between Ronald Reagan and now? God only knows. Right. 
I mean, and it's, that's, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing to to say, well, President Reagan did not act decisively enough or swiftly enough as it relates to uh, the HIV pen, uh, epidemic that was as it, as it was kind of pointed out, if I as memory serves, back then. Now. For the media to turn around now and blame a sitting president for a global pandemic that came out of China, that's a bit of a stretch. Okay, that is a bit of a stretch. And and let me and, and like I said, you know, you look at look at you just look at the, a couple of those screen captures I posted in the chat room. Okay. You look at that, and it's like, um, you sit there and you look at it and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second, hold the phone here, time out. So according, according to CNN, angry Trump, not President Trump, not Donald Trump, angry Trump under the breaking news banner above it angry Trump uses propaganda video produced by government employees at taxpayers expense that's not news that's a that's a that is a attack against president Trump plain and simple okay and then when you look at hey Robin Suzette how y'all doing? And if you look at the other one that I put in there, okay, and there was a couple others that I have too, how is it breaking news to say Trump melts down in angry response to reports he ignored virus warnings? That's not reporting a story. That's attacking the president. So the media is, and CNN's the worst offender, okay, the media is going to sit there and do this stupid idiocy and attack a sitting president and, and make it sound like news. They're going to blame him for the – they're blaming him for, for coronavirus when, it, when they know damn well it came out of China. So who are they fucking kidding? Who the fuck do they think they're kidding? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. In speaking of coronavirus and all that, there's a clip here I want to take. I want you to hear. Um, governors of northeast of northeast states are announcing a plan to reopen the economy. Now, how is why is that why is that relevant? Because the media, President Trump is saying he's going to he's got that he is going to make an announcement. As to what he's going to do uh, to reopen the country, to reopen the economy. Unfortunately, as I said earlier, he can't really do anything himself. He can help the states. He can offer assistance to states that want to reopen. But it's up to the individual governors. Constitutionally, he can't do that. Like I said, I looked into this tooth and nail this morning. And 
I'm like, no, he should know better than that. And his administration needs to sit down with him and say, hey, uh, Mr. President, you know, constitutionally, you can't do that. You can help. You can offer assistance to the governors, but you can't do it yourself. They need to do that because the media is going. To, the media is jumping all over him on this. Right. <laughs> I like this. I like what 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 uh, Mom just said in the chat room. Iggy says, "Why have they turned on Trump?" Because he used to be a demonic rat. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that, that I like it. Uh, thanks, Iggy. I, that, oh, that's perfect. A demonic rat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And look. Demonic yeah, rat. She was, and, and she, what makes it funny is he it's knows true because. He said. Go ahead, Mike. Right. It, you know this. It, you know what's funny? Because it's true, because you know that if he was still a Democrat and in the presidency and doing exactly what he's doing, they would have no problem with it. They wouldn't have a problem with it. You know? That's that's where they are right now. They're, they're hypocrites, you know, in that respect. If you turn against them, they're going to turn against you in big time. But if you... If you stay with them and do almost the exact same policies as the other side does, they're going to overlook it, you know. Yeah, maybe there's things here and there about abortion and other, and other things that that if he tried to do that he's done right now that he, you know, or he would do right now that, you know, you, know, you, you get what I'm saying. They're just hypocrites about it, and look these these are uh, these these media types these these guys that 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 those paragraphs are opinions are opinions uh masquerading as news angry trump you might as well have uh, uh, in front of those things in front of those uh uh headlines. Uh, uh, that you put in the, in your chat room, you might as well have the word opinion. Angry Trump, dot dot dot. You know that type of thing. So yes, it's those things are opinions masquerading as news. Back to you, George. Well, Iggy Mom is saying something that that I I knew about you know back in the day. See, back when, when Donald Trump was at one time a Democrat, yes. Uh, but he, like now, is pro-American. He, you know something? I, I think he was a closet Republican when he was a Democrat. He finally came out of, uh, came out of that closet as a, as a full-blown Republican and told the Democrats where they could kiss his ass and he'll mark the spot. You know, in his own venerable way. Uh, but you know, like you said, he always talked like he like he does now, pro-American, but gave them large sums of money. 
Okay, so he so he, he so he did something a little on the dumb side. Okay. And I'm sorry, but the man's doing doing a good job. He really is. Do I agree with him on his position? A real that he can will make the decision to reopen the country. Nah, I don't agree there. He, constitutionally, it's not a possibility for him. The governors of the states have to do that themselves. He can render whatever assistance they need, but beyond that, he doesn't have the full. He doesn't have the constitutional authority to do that. Okay, and uh, there you have it. Listen, now let me get to this to one of the clips I have here. I've got a couple of clips. Uh, one is an excerpt from uh, Hannity's show tonight, and I'll uh, play. I'll play that one a little bit later. But in talking about the governors of Northeast states, take a listen to this. This might help to uh, explain a little bit uh, what I'm what I'm talking about in reference to uh, reopening uh, the country. Several governors announcing a plan to look at getting things back to business ASAP, they say, as the curve in New York continues to flatten. All right, here we go. A month after New York's first death from the virus. The governor here says it has now killed more than 10,000 people in the state. But he also says the daily death toll is now dipped below 700. That's the first in more than a week. Governor Cuomo and the heads of five other nearby states saying coordination is key next. What? The art form is going to be here, is doing that smartly and doing that productively and doing that in a coordinated way. So then David Lee Miller back live outside Mount Sinai Hospital in uh, New York's Upper East Side begins our hour here. David Lee, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Bill. This really was an unprecedented news conference for an unprecedented time, and now the governors of half a dozen states are trying to come up with an unprecedented plan. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has put together a task force with the governors of New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania together to come up with a plan to reopen the economy. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf said it was up to each state uh, originally to decide about closing down, and now the states should decide about when it's time to reopen the economy. Governor Cuomo went on to say that this, the governors want clarity, and then he added to that that uh, the federal government uh, uh, should come up with, with some type of plan, if possible, but for now, this is a regional matter. Each state was going to name a public health official and an official who will address commerce or economic issues, along with the chief of staff from each of the uh, offices of each state's governor. Then they will form working groups to come up with a reopening plan in conjunction with the, all the other states. Cuomo says they want to plan as soon as possible, but he emphasized, more importantly, they want it to be smart. He emphasized the importance of learning from other countries. Listen. We have to be smart. You need the best public health plan, and you need the best economic reactivation plan. It's not either or. It has to be both. No one is willing to sacrifice one at the expense of the other, and you can't have one at the expense of the other. Meanwhile, New York State seems to be moving in the right direction. On Easter Sunday, Governor Cuomo said 671 New Yorkers died from the virus, and he called that terrible news. It is, however, less terrible than the day before when there were 758 deaths. There are now more than 18,000 New Yorkers who remain hospitalized with the virus. 
There are more than 10,000 who in the state have died. That is tw uh, three times the number of the uh, deaths caused by 9-11. But Governor Cuomo emphasized earlier that the curve does continue to flatten and repeatedly throughout the day he has warned New Yorkers not to become complacent. And very quickly I'll say that uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio echoed the same sentiment. He said the number of hospitalizations in the city are down, ICU admissions are down, and the percentage of people testing positive for the virus is also down. And lastly now, to try and uh, further reduce the spread of the coronavirus bill, uh, the governor has ordered all employers in the state to uh, uh, give some type of face covering to all workers, and this would affect people primarily in food stores and pharmacies and other essential businesses. And as for this uh, multi-state plan that is being worked on, there's no time frame that was given, but uh, the governor emphasized uh, he wants it as soon as possible. Well, we're going to hear more about this tomorrow. Certainly, David Lee, thank you, David. Hmm. All right, guys. What do you think? Hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, what was it last week or something? No way had called in. And he was talking about the farmers and how they need that that particular part of the economy needs to be open and open soon. They need to get the seed in the ground and during the growing season, so that we can have, so that we don't start to run out of food which I agree with and which which should happen now will this will this uh uh will this sort of will this come to pass in in with with the help of this whatever they're trying to do with uh uh you know with Trump in the northeastern state well maybe maybe not we've got to see you know it's like will 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 it can it happen? Yeah, it can, but will it? And and if, if we're getting liberal governors of sort of liberal states that are trying to go go through this, trying to do this, then will the other liberal gov? We know that if you if we know that the uh, uh, conservative governor will probably take the hint. You know, and try to open up their states and their businesses. You know, the, that type of thing. Yeah. Now, the problem <clears throat> is the liberal governor. You know, will will the idiot in Michigan? You know, well, the governor in Michigan do something? Will uh, I'm pretty sure that he'll have the the full. You know, that that uh, the go the governor of with Robin Suzette, Robin Suzette's governor probably will, but with a Democrat, you never know, you know? So, yeah. Well, here, here's you got to look at what Suzette put in the chat room there. And he's, or she said that, yeah, he does have the power to open the country up because he activated the War Powers Act. That gives him exclusive executive rights to, to open the country up. I, you remember what he, what he uh, did? Well, no, I, I have to. I have to. Sorry, Suzette. I got to correct you on that. Wasn't the War Powers Even Act? Mom said, Even was Mom the said Defense that, so. Production Act. If you look at the information I just put in the chat room, this is the act that he actually invoked, not the War Powers. War Powers 
uh, would not apply in a, in a global ba- pandemic like this. But the Defense Production Act w- 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 would, in this context, because it would give the it would give look what it look look what it says right there gives the federal government power to instruct manufacturers where was uh, manufacturers to make much needed equipment in this case the protective masks and the ventilators okay that's primarily what that's all about it has nothing to do with reopening the economy or the country's economy okay has nothing to do with to do with that at all. So, um, the bottom line is, uh, and I, I and like I said, I looked through this this morning. When it comes to when it comes to the, the, the you know the states that have been adversely affected by coronavirus. They're the ones that have to decide whether they want to reopen their states and take a chance and risk when it comes to coronavirus. Because no, there's still a lot of unknown variables in this. Well, I don't know about it working exactly the same, but, you know. There may be subtle differences, uh, no way. There may be, I said. I'm not saying that there are. Um, 347-945-5747. No, the War Powers Act. No, it wasn't. No, Iggy, no. I, like I said, it's not the War Powers Act. It was the Defense Production Act. Because they need, we need, this country needed the, uh, the, the, N9, the N95 masks and the ventilators. And that's that's what that's the act that he invoked. Yes, he did invoke a national emergency, which uh, works almost the same as as the War Powers Act, but not 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 exactly the same. Okay, show me where show me the the day the the date that he actually invoked the act. Uh, is 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 there anything on the White House on the, on the White House's uh, page that says, as President of the United States, I am invoking the War Powers Act, and not the Def- and 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 that and did he do that instead of the Defense Production Act, which he did invoke? Okay, that's uh, rollcall.com, and uh, that's not the White House. But I'll look at it anyway. But you know, I'm I'm just saying I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm just I'm just pointing out you know that everybody keeps saying he did this, he did that, he did the other thing. Well, how about we see what he actually did from the official location that he has to put it on? You know, because a lot of these websites can say anything, and we're just going to accept them as gospel. Well, not me. I don't accept anything as gospel until I, until I see his signature on it. How do you like that? I went to the wrong damn thing anyway. Mm-hmm. 
No. Okay, but Suzette, that's not the War Powers Act. That's the Defense Production Act. That's what they wanted him to do, not the War Powers Act. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He didn't, it's not the War Powers Act that they were asking him to do. They wanted the, 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 the uh, Defense Production Act. And if you scroll back up and you look at, at the post I put in five minutes ago, I'll even read it. The, 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 the Defense Production Act, the act written at the outbreak of the Korean War, gives the federal government power to instruct manufacturers to make much-needed equipment, in this case, protective masks and ventilators. That's what he invoked, not the War Powers Act. I don't know why people keep insisting that it was the War Powers Act when it was the, the, the Democrats. I, I sat and, and watched, I, all three of those cable news channels I watched it on, much as I didn't want to watch it on CNN or MSNBC, but Democrats kept saying, invoke the Defense Production Act. Activate the Defense Production Act. Even Pelosi said the same thing. Schumer said it. And by the way, no way. I knew where you. I knew it was you. <laughs> okay. I knew it was you. Well, I, I would. I, I use uh, I my home phone. phone. Well, not all the time. <laughs> no. What What it is, George, is uh, under Obama, um, through the NDAA, even in peacetime, um, he changed through executive order the NDAA, which is part of the War Powers Act. That gives the president under a declaration of emergency. Remember here, what was it, uh, the second or third week in March when he declared a national emergency due to COVID, but he didn't do the Defense Act yet. The, you know, the production, Defense Production Act yet. He was holding well, off that came, that came to like, see. What, about a week later? Right, that came. It came about a week later. Right. Still so, but once he declares a national emergency, Obama was the one that put this in. That automatically, under a national emergency, gives the President of the United States the authority to oversee the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Energy, the Department of Health, Education, all of it. We had talked about this like four year, four or five years ago on RZ. There's like a three or six hundred and eighty-five page document that outlines what or outlines what FEMA can do, outlines what they all can do. So right now, where Trump does have the authority through the national emergency, he's got to be careful because if now, what he can do is use the Department of Defense to go after states that are overstepping their bounds on our constitutional rights. That's about all he can really do. Because in order for the states to have to follow suit is he could end the national emergency. But he's not going to do that. Because if he does that, he loses all the power that he has right now to control the money flow, control the the feds, control energy, control everything. And it was Obama 
that did that. And that's why, like they always say, Hillary Clinton was not supposed to lose. Because you know how we always say, be careful what you put in place, because it was George W. Bush that put the legal wiretapping and all this, the Patriot Act, and Obama abused it. But by the time the Patriot Act was in, there was nothing we could do to stop him from all this, what we think is an infringement on our rights, but it's part of the Patriot Act. And that came from Bush. So what happened is when Obama gave the president all of these rights, even in peacetime, and I'm looking through, I know I still have that PDF somewhere in my computer, and like I say, it's like 685 pages. This even goes to as far as relocating citizens for their own good. How you will be in rail cars, where the guards will be on these rail cars, the whole nine yards, it's all laid out. And every single federal department takes precedence over everything else in the time even during peacetime of a national uh, natural you know or national emergency so that's the fine line that trump is is kind of hanging on right now as far as the war powers act yeah there's they haven't used that forever because they have used other documents to basically make that null and void but the ndaa that national defense uh, I'm not sure what the AA all is but authorization act right there you go and that is in peacetime and that's where they can that's where they can he can so you are right he can't go in and overstep the state's rights the governor but he can, like the DOJ right now, has gone after Michigan, has gone after Georgia, saying you cannot be arresting people and charging people and giving them large fines for their freedom of religion. You, you can't do that. So that's the only, thing, the only power he has over the states right now. He can make it very hard for them to do what they want to do. But as far as he... Trump has the sole power right now as a dictator under the declaration of a national emergency. And that was all thanks to Obama. So you want to be very careful what you put on the books because if when we won, that's why they've been out to get rid of Trump so bad because all the power they set up for their dictatorship through Hillary Clinton, Trump's got. Well, what what gets what bothers me though in all this is everybody is saying that there, there are some governors that have already made it clear they're not going to they're not going to reopen they're not going to step back from their position with the uh, stay at home orders and shit like that even after May first. So let's say oh, for I know. the sake of discussion, May first comes along, and they decide. You know, certain states decide not to reopen. Now, like New York, Louisiana, California, being the hardest hit, I can understand them wanting to hold back on do, on, on reopening right away. Right. Okay. 
Because at that point, at the point that they want to reopen, that, that we want to see this economy reopen, everybody that I've, that I've seen and heard from so far today is saying they need to have testing across the board for coronavirus, okay? Because the simple fact is there are people who are not exhibiting any symptoms, but yet they ultimately end up with coronavirus, now, well, or, or so they say. <laughs> so they say, yeah. Right. I mean, look, I'm beginning to I'm beginning to wonder about that myself. I mean, I've 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 been sitting here kind of contemplating. They're blaming a lot of deaths on coronavirus. What if a person just dies of natural causes? Oh, coronavirus. Well, th- that's it. We I have I have the documents here in PDF. That national statistics has told the C- and through the CDC has is trying to order doctors to do that, and doctors have come right out on YouTube and on Laura Ingram and other places and saying they're not going to do it. That's what they wanted. That those documents, that seven-page document hit a week ago, where like say me, like tonight. You I don't know if you could. I am kind of short of breath tonight. Something happens, I die. They would immediately, oh, COVID-19. Right now, today, all the cases that they recorded in Maine, I was watching the Maine CDC director today. They went to a veteran's home. They're saying 44 of the veterans in there and six of the staff all have COVID-19, but they're asymptomatic, meaning they're not showing any signs. And everyone is, they stormed the Ohio state house today. A bunch of people did. I watched a half hour live stream of it. They locked the doors and everything. They were shitting their pants. People showed right up and surrounded the building, demanding Ohio get opened. They're not dealing with this. Nurses standing right there being interviewed by the guy. And she's saying, my hospital closed. I got laid off. I'm a nurse. And they laid me off. And they're they're just, people are beside. And in Maine, every time... um, they, that Vivo or whatever that uh, the towns use, and, and they have their thing played on there. They're trying to shut the comments off because all the people commenting on the side are telling off the governor, and they're telling off the governor on Facebook, and they're attacking her on Twitter. Yeah, all these governors are starting to be attacked because, like in New York, you take there's a lot of places in New York where they don't have, they have one or two cases. There's no reason for that whole county to be shut down. And for people yeah, to be... Yeah, it's like right. like right here in my in my county. I'll give you a prime example. They're all, they, they shut down all but four bus routes, basically isolating most of the county. Exactly. And to me, that made no sense. Right. 
And th- this is why the people now is going to take the people. It's going to take the people to stand up. Is what it's going to take. And yeah, Trump can. Trump is walking a fine line, because I I am a stickler for the Constitution. And the thing is with the Constitution, the way it was devised is we, you know, okay, when it was devised, we had 13 individual states that the federal government had no right to control. Now we have 50 states. The only way the federal government controls the 50 states is because our own state government has sold us out and the federal government blackmails them. If you want this money then you have to do this. And if you want this money, then you have to. And, you know, the the corruption goes from top to bottom. But we need to get back to the individual states, and we need to hold our states accountable. And I would say if this feminazi we have up here in Augusta, if she doesn't get her head out of her proverbial ass, the people in Maine are going to put her head up her proverbial ass. They've had enough of her. Because she just follows whatever the communists in the the country do. She follows them. And she does whatever they do. And people are fed up. They've had enough of it. Because there are states here. Here's another another problem, too, no way. Why is the Congress shut down until May 4th? Why are they? Why did they shut down till May fourth? Fear mongering. Knowing full well that the situation is the way it is in this country, what was their? their what, what was the? What what kind of stupidity would would entice them to do that? Fear. You need to implant fear in the people. Look what happened. The American people, I never thought the American people would bow right down so easily. And out of nothing but fear and lies, they immediately went right home in fear. And now you have the mayor of Los Angeles using the fear to, we'll pay you $800 if you see your neighbor step outside without a mask, you call us and we'll pay you $800 for doing so. That came out this weekend. They're using fear. And like the wife that was here before she went to bed, because she's got to go to work tomorrow. But what they'll do, say this they're they're already starting the fear of oh this is going to come back next fall this is going to come back next fall so say they relax on everything through the summer come next fall they already know hey we just start the fear rate back up again and everybody goes and locks themselves in the home and we can steal the election by mail-in ballot because mail-in ballots are a thousand times different than absentee ballots Absentee ballot, you have to jump through hoops. Mail-in ballot, they just mail you a ballot, you fill it out, and you mail it in. That's what they do. You ask Suzette, and that's what they do in California now. That's why California cannot unseat all these Democrats, because they do it all with mail-in ballot. And that's how they stole the state of California. 
Yeah, because it, once because and I, I I gave a a, a possible scenario in, into those mail-in ballots uh, recently, where say they do the mail-in ballots. Okay, they collect those mail-in ballots before they go in. Somebody takes a ballot, puts down the the person they want going in. With right. the same name and address of the person that voted by mail, and they count that ballot instead of the one you actually cast. Exactly. That's where and that's how it's play big time. Right. That's how it's done. That's and how guess it's what? Done. I'm glad they took it. They took that provision out of the, the, this uh, 2.2 trillion dollar uh, 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 stimulus. Yeah, but they're they're trying to put it in uh, the next one that they're working on right now. They're trying to the, right. They're trying to put it back in, along with twenty five, you know, twenty five billion dollars in aid to Iran and illegals, and uh, it, it's such a friggin' joke. I fear we're going to be we're not going to have an election. We're going to have a civil war breakout instead. Because I know the people in Maine, and I can see it in them, and I can hear it in them, and they are irate. <laughs> totally irate. They're not irate. the only ones. They're not the only ones. There are, right. there are people, you know, here in here in here in this area, that are that are tired of of the, of the bullshit. They they're tired of seeing the constant barrage of lies by the mainstream media. And they're they're seeing how in the with this last package that was voted on, how Pelosi wanted that vote by mail thing. Glad it got taken out of there, and it's not going. She's not going to succeed at getting it put, at getting it kept in there for phase four. And she knows that. She knows right. they're not going to stand for it. Right. People have but had the other just about stuff, enough. Like the money by Iran and whatnot. No, 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 no. Yeah. Let's take care of our, <laughs> our own here at home first. That's what's supposed to be done. We're supposed to. We, we should be taking care of our own here at, at home first. Well, my my opinion, George, on on what you know they all did, and you know, and I I blame the Republicans just as much as the Democrats on this. They all of a sudden, they took everybody out of school. They shut down all this stuff, and nobody bitched. Then they just went one month statewide. It lasted for two more weeks. And now everybody is coming unspun. And I think now they're starting to see that, well, especially here in Maine, she tried shutting down the sale of guns. And boy, did she get a near full on that one. So she turned and opened it back up, and now she shit her pants because over 4 million rounds of 9mm pistol rounds flew off the shelves in three days. There's wow. You can't find a 9mm shell to save your life. 30-odd six shells are gone, 30-30 shells are gone. Now they're down to shotgun shells, 
double odd box disappear. Ammo is disappearing. The gun stores. Um, and I, like I'm willing that twenty-two caliber, twenty-two caliber rounds are, are disappearing off the shelves too. Yeah, because those are allowed. You can buy those in hardware stores. The hardware store down here. My son went down. He he's got a twenty-two. That's got a ten-round clip, and he wasn't paying attention. He goes, "Oh, Dad, I screwed up, and I can't bring the bullets back." And I said, "What did you do?" He says, "Look," and he held up two boxes. He grabbed a magnum. <laughs> and I Ooh. says, "Well, yeah, oops." I said, "That your gun don't shoot magnums, so." But yeah, I mean. You know, we're not stupid. This is Maine. We're not stupid. We know better. But they just, they're losing control of the population. And if any glitch happens and the welfare disappears and they have a glitch in the welfare, hang on. Because that's when it's there's going to be hell to pay. Because they already found out on that scenario. Back in Obama, we called it the test. When the EBT cards in the South, unlimited. There was no limit on the EBT card. And they emptied, within six, seven hours, they emptied all the supermarkets. Up here in the North, they didn't work. Within three hours, hundreds and hundreds of people were out in front of town halls, screaming and yelling, demanding their money. When it's mm-hmm. not their money anyway, but as soon as they found out their EBT cards didn't work, they were not happy campers. You know, well, 10 days ago, uh, the NRA filed suit against Governor Cuomo after, after New York closed gun shops as, as non-essential businesses. But yet, at the sa- that, that, that happened shortly after... The Department of Homeland Security's guidelines advises advise states to let gun stores stay open amid coronavirus pandemic. They consider the DHS considers gun stores essential. Well, but they Governor are because Cuomo they're letting criminals says out. They're not. Right, mm. and that that's and and that's a problem. That that is a problem. You know, you you can't. Like like right here, my son, I told my son to stop it. I says, you're sitting there and you're posting on friggin' Facebook where I know you have a lot of cops and sheriffs and stuff. You know, we're kind of close-knit communities. And plus, you know, I work for the fire department for a while, so they actually think I'm one of them. But um, when I was up running the mountain, I said, you have to stop this stupid crap with your friggin' turbo Jetta out there showing it on your friggin' phone that you're doing 100 miles an hour with that friggin' turbo peaked. They may not stop you now, but they're they're damn gunning with it sooner or later. Uh, that's that's enough. It's the foolishness. But that's they're they're not stopping people. They're yeah, and th- there's too many criminals out and about. And like right now, we do. Um, Right here in Maine, we've already had people trying to get into people's houses. A person got shot at just the other day because they tried to muscle their way into a house. And I guess they 
didn't realize that the house was armed, and they were get, found themselves getting shot at. But there's a lot of a lot of crap going on, a lot of crap, and it, it's not good where it's headed. Now, now, uh, no way. Am I right? When you talked, uh, what was it, last week about the farmers and stuff like that, am I right in saying that they have that particular that particular that particular uh, portion of the economy? They have to open right away, almost right away, or else or else our food supply is going to be at risk, right? Right. They don't open it right away. Right. And, because it like you take in Maine the uh the potato, broccoli and um all the stuff that they grow in Maine right around right around now they're getting the they're supposed to be getting their tractors and all their planting equipment and all that running. Um all your potato seed, your seed farmers, they're cutting seed right they're supposed to be cutting seed right now and the governor's trying to stop them from allowing the people to go to work. And if they don't get those potatoes and stuff in the ground in the middle of May, uh, that's it. All that, you know, you take the majority, I'd say 80% of Maine potatoes now goes to McCain Foods in Canada. That gets Mm -hmm. made into your your French fries, and it goes to a lot of manufacturers that make French fries and curly fries and your tater tots and all that stuff. If they don't get their potatoes, then we don't have no product. All the peas, the the broccoli, and I'm a firm believer in, like, what's bad is maybe it's a good thing. See, child labor laws, like what Mike was just saying, child labor laws, that's what's killing us. We always had the children. That's what they done. They worked for the farmers. We harvested all. I remember as a kid, we started school early. Then we had uh, about a month. We had like five weeks off that we harvested all the produce and everything. And then we went back to school. Now, child labor laws, you can't do that. So like northern Maine, they call it Little Haiti. Four or five thousand people from Haiti come up, live in shacks, and harvest all the food because we're not allowed to. Our kids aren't allowed to to do it anymore. They're not allowed to work on the harvesters. They're not allowed to work in the fields, and it's pathetic. And maybe this will help us in getting some of that back. But yeah, Mike's right. We need to get the there's reports today some of the largest meat processors are saying if they don't get their head out of their ass quick and do something, they're going to run out of meat. They're going to start running right. low on product. Look at, look at what's happening over there in South Dakota with Christy Nome. You know, she wants right. to get that uh, pork processing plant up and cleaned up and working, you know. Right. And if you don't get, we are, we're looking at food shortages now because they won't allow. And this is, this is all the the globalists, the Democrats, and yes, the deep state. This is their way. We didn't, we, we spit in their face 
by voting and getting Donald Trump into office. And now they're sitting back saying, we're going to destroy you anyway. We're going to starve you to death. You know, me, I'm not too worried. I know where the moose and the deer all hang out. But what about the millions of Americans that don't have the same opportunity that I have? That's what I'm looking at. There's people like... well, there's people like you, George, you know, where where are you going to go hunting in New York? Well, there's places to go in New York, just not close enough to me where I can get to them. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got a driver's license, but I just don't have a car. So it kind of puts me behind the eight ball. And truth be told, I've never gone hunting a day in my life. Okay, I've never right. actually hunted myself. So, and it, it's not like it hunting, is on TV. You don't just go for a walk out there and and take your pick of an animal. You really need to know how to find out where they are, the trails, how they're acting, how they're hanging out, uh, different weather conditions, where they go in different weather. There, there's a lot to hunting. There's a lot more than just taking a walk, taking your gun for a walk in the woods. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I mean, that's how I was raised. I mean, I was brought up with it. See, whereas with me, I wasn't. And I, I will give you a hint: when when you get up there in years, don't be stupid all by yourself. And go back into an area and drop a friggin' six point buck at 170 pounds when you're a mile back into a friggin' swamp by yourself. Took me three and a half hours to drag that son of a bitch out of the woods. <laughs> oh, and I, I was not happy. Well, I, I couldn't leave out. it there. Friggin', friggin' coyotes and stuff would have got it before I could have got help. Right, it's not like George is up in Alaska where, you know, <laughs> deers and elks and moose will come across your lawn every so often. I mean, George can tell us about that, you know. I mean, no, I've right. heard things but about, you know, there, there are places, places there here in New York, Mike, that I could go if I, if I were a hunter, you know, and I could I could go hunt deer hunting when deer season's open and stuff. But like I was just saying, I'm not a hunter. I've, I've never been, I've never actually gone hunting myself. So, um, would I know what to do with an eight-point buck? No. No. And I'm, I'm no, you wouldn't. I mean, I would not know what the freaking do. Sure, I could probably shoot it dead, no problem. That, that's not a problem. But the thing is, I wouldn't know what to do with it once I got the damn thing. Right, because you, you really, you got to be taught how... To clean it out because if you hit the the piss sack or something like that, you you're ruining your meat. Mm-hmm. That'll ruin your meat. You got to know how to do that. I, when I was working as a security guard for Con Edison you're, back in the day, um, I was working overnight uh, overnights uh, from like eleven nights to seven the next morning, and Con Edison used to have what's called an outage phase, where they would have uh, people in the warehouse where I was where I was stationed 
working there till like three in the morning because Indian Point would need certain things that uh, that this warehouse would have. So they would have to have somebody there. Well, one of the guys that, that worked overnight uh, this one particular weekend, he looks at me and he says, hey, George, listen, um, when this outage is over, me and a couple of the guys are getting together to go hunting. You want to join us? I said, I know because I don't know the first thing about hunting. He goes, uh, you know what? we'll teach you. Don't worry. Will you come with us? We'll teach you what you need to know. I was not too thrilled with the idea. Not that I wouldn't have liked to have gone. Don't get me wrong, but I just wasn't thrilled with the idea. And plus, I didn't own a rifle at the time. You know, I didn't have my own rifle. And I said, well, do you have, would you have an extra rifle for me to use? And he's like, well, no, we're only, we're only bringing one rifle each. Right. I'm like, oh, that, that doesn't. That, then, then there's no point in me learning anything because I don't own a. I don't own a rifle. And uh, I even my brother at the time he did own a rifle. He owned a 22. And he said, George, I'm not loaning you my rifle. Fuck no. Well, thing is, it's in Maine, you can't you can't hunt large game with a 22. No, you can hunt with. You got to have a 22 Magnum. But you got to be a damn good shot. You, but you're not allowed. It won't take down a deer. A regular 22 long rifle will not take down a deer. All you're going to do well, is wound that, it. Now, do you see what I mean by I don't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know anything about hunting. Right. I didn't know right. that at the time. I know that I, I know that since, you know before I knew that I found that out before you said something tonight. But between then and 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 years ago. Uh, I was as, I was as dumb as a tree stump when it came to hunting. And I'm willing to admit. Well, I'll tell you on the light story. You want you want to hear a good joke about hunting? Uh, th- this guy he he found out the Aroostook River in November is very very cold. A bunch of guys from Massachusetts came. Out. They got their moose permit. I mean, in October they got their moose permit. So he was going to be their <clears throat> going to be their guide, and he says, "Well, yeah, I know how to call moose." So they drove all the way up to northern Maine, and of course, the first night there, they're partying and they're drinking. Well, after about an hour's sleep, he drug them down near the river, and he says, "I'm going to show you how to call a moose." So they're all sitting there, and they're all hung over and everything. He gets up and he stands up on the hood of the pickup and hollers out. Here, Moosey, Moosey, Moosey. Here, Moosey, Moosey. Oh, they they grabbed him and threw him in the freaking Aroostook <laughs> River. They yeah. were so pissed at him. Oh, oh. boy. But there, I, I, there I honestly, the, there is a way to call a moose with a leather um, shoe, um, yeah, shoestring <laughs> and a two-pound the old two-pound coffee can. And there's a way you, oh, oh, oh. And you, as you pull your finger down across the wet leather strap, and you, they'll, it'll sound close to a moose, and you can call a moose in. A bull will get mad if there's another bull moving in on his territory. But for him to stand up there and go, here, moosey, 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 I told him, I said, somebody, too bad we didn't have a camera back then that could have, I mean, that would have been so good to see. 
Here, moosey, moosey, moosey. Through their great in the friggin' Aristic River. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, there was there, there was there was this um, one incident. I, I I may have I've said this on the show before. There was this one time when I was working at the warehouse. It was a nice day, you know, nice night out and everything. So I sat that I sat on the on the stairs eating my lunch. Hey, well, you know, nice enough night. Sit outside, eat my lunch, relax. Nothing's going on. Here comes a deer. Now, normally, deer are very skittish of humans. But this deer came walking over, nice and steady, you know, nice and slow. Walked over to me, stood right in front of me at the, at the, at the foot of the steps. Well, I went real nice and slow and easy. I took a piece of my sandwich, and I, I set it down on, the, on one of the steps. And he took it, and he's he just sit, just standing there, and he looks at me. <laughs> he took another piece, and I put another piece down, and he took that second piece. And then he very softly, very quietly, very slowly turned and walked away. But before he walked away, he took his head, and he nodded his head and walked away. And I'm like, I was completely buffaloed by that. And it was his way of saying thank you, I guess, in a way, you know. But he wasn't afraid of me. This you weren't a threat. This was not afraid of me at all. And I was surprised by that because it's a partially residential area. It's actually zoned as residential business where the warehouse was at the time. And... I thought that was that was like wow, that was like a total shock to me. And well, so I, the guy that invited me to go hunting with him, I told him the story, and he's like, "Oh yeah, they they come around all the time when we're here." Well, animals can sense; they can sense things that you can't. Okay, they have a superior uh, uh, ability to hear. They can hear sounds that you can't. They have the a, a superior ability to smell, okay, smells that you can't smell. Uh, look at a dog whistle. Uh, blow a dog whistle. You can't hear a dog whistle, but a dog can. Obviously, right. it's because of the pitch. And that's why you always look at animals. Farmers look at animals and everything. When storms are coming up. They can sense that storm. The vibrations in the air, the atmospheric changes, you know, the pressure changes. When you start seeing animals hide, you better hide too. <laughs> I've seen that. My dog's outside. I mean, they try to get in. They try to get through the back door. You know, when it's thunder or rain or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Wild right. animals are the same thing. Yeah. Because yeah, because like here in Maine, if you're you're out hunting and they're calling for a storm or a snowstorm or something to come in, if you're out in the woods and you start to see a lot of the deer going over and laying down, and you're seeing a lot of them laying down near logs and stuff. You want to get the hell out of the woods because they know. They already know. It's you don't want to get caught out in northern Maine woods in a friggin' snowstorm. But yeah, you you keep guns right. You keep an eye on the animal. They'll tell you what's up. It's like oh, when yeah. there's a, like an earthquake. It's 
happens there. They they can sense when you you see herds of of whatever you know, like around Yellowstone up there or whatever. When they start clearing out, they better clear out too. There's something fixing to happen. Okay, nine percent. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember one time I was walking home and I got caught in a downpour, and just minutes before the downpour. There was a a family of deer that were running like crazy, you know. I mean, I was nowhere near them, but I could see them in the distance, and they were running into the woods like crazy. They just kept running, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And then all of a sudden, the sky started getting really dark, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And I'm like a mile. Yeah. I'm like I, I, I'm a mile, maybe a, a three quarters of a mile away from home. And all of a sudden, the rain just came down in buckets. You it, it, you could you you saw a sheet of rain. It was like somebody turned on a fire hose. <laughs> I get in the house. I am soaked. I was drenched. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we I had inside, today. I, I I change my clothes. I dry off. I get, I get into dry clothes, and I called up. And at the time, my brother was still alive. And I called my brother, and I said, Billy, you're not going to believe this. And I told him what happened. He goes, oh, those deer knew exactly what was coming. They knew what was coming. They, they knew right. before even you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, how? He goes, George, it would take too long to explain on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, yeah, he, see he it. comes I'll... up to the house to bring me to his house, you know, for lunch. And on the way to his house, we're talking about it, and he's explaining all this shit. Like Gunslinger was just saying, you know, they, they could sense these things. And I'm like, damn. Right. See, that's the thing with, with hunting. About the whole thing. People don't realize that deer, deer and moose, they don't have good eyesight. And like I tell them, like when they're tilting their head back, they're not looking for you. They're smelling you. And yep. you know what they smell? They smell the gun oil on your gun. And when they smell that in Maine, they're gone. They split. It's most they, they catch they catch a whiff of that gun oil. You know, most animals, I think I think ninety nine percent of them are colorblind. Right. They're, they're colorblind. Dogs are colorblind. Cats are colorblind. Because if you look it up, they don't have they lack the color cone. In their eyes, like we had, we see the full spectrum of the colors. They can't because they're lacking these color tones that are in their eyes, which they don't have. You know, they see the world as black and white. Weird, weird, man. Crazy. Oh yes, yeah. Smell, bet you. You bet you. Yeah, they they smell they smell you. That's why I always used to tell my friends when they I'd take them hunting. And I, they'd show up, and it's like, what did you do? Well, I shaved, and they put aftershave and stuff on us. Oh, you dummy. You know, I said, that, that friggin' deer is going to smell that a mile away. I had a dog years ap- ago when I was a kid that uh, the dog went blind. We took him to the vet. I said, well, how's the dog going How's he gonna know around the house and everything? He said, don't worry about it. The nose will take over. The nose will take over. Well, sure enough. Yeah. Yep. For years. Yep. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I want to. I want to switch back to uh, the, to what we were talking about earlier with the with, with the COVID nineteen and all that. 
I've got a clip here, an excerpt from uh, Sean Hannity from tonight uh, that I want to get to, and uh, I want you guys to take a listen to this, and uh, and I want to get your reaction to it. So uh, here goes. Governor Andrew Cuomo admitting President Trump played a significant role in potentially flattening this curve to save lives. Take a look. He has been good in delivering for New York. He has. He is, uh, he has. He has delivered for New York. The Army Corps of Engineers, we built thousands of beds. He set the uh, Navy ship Comfort to New York. He has delivered for New York. He has. And staffed them. And all the ventilators they didn't buy, he put them in the state. Over 5,000 of them to start. And despite what you're now hearing from, well, some in the media and some other people, despite the hopeful facts on the ground, there is a level of fear, hysteria, panic among many on the left. This frantic anxiety, it doesn't have to do anything with coronavirus, everything to do with how well the administration has handled the national crisis. Today, during a powerful press conference, President Trump rightfully tore them to shreds. Take a look. We did all of this work, but when you read the phony stories, you, nobody, nobody acknowledges this. And it doesn't have to be acknowledged from my standpoint, but it does have to be acknowledged from the great work that these doctors, nurses, the Army Corps of Engineers team, all these people, they've done this incredible job. And they shouldn't be abused. And I would love to be able to say that we have a very honest press. Honestly, John, there'd be nothing I would be more proud of if the press would work. And I don't mind being criticized, but not when they're wrong. Not when people have done a great job. Well, President Trump was acting, protecting Americans from a future pandemic. Democrats obsessed with what? They were impeaching the president. The mob and the media cheering on their Democratic colleagues every step of the way. It is clear the media mob is full of liars. They have smeared, slandered, besmirched this president from the day he came down that escalator at Trump Tower with Melania Trump. They are propaganda outlets. They are state-run TV for the radical Democratic Extreme Socialist Party. They spread endless lies, conspiracy theories, one hoax, one conspiracy theory after another. Then when they lie, they never admit they're wrong. They just move on to the next set of lies. They are hateful. This is a destructive force for the country. I've been saying it now for three years. They have contempt for the American people because they think they're smarter. They think they know better. Donald Trump's success is their failure. And by extension, if the president fails, well, clearly, that's what they want. Do they care about the damage they're causing the country? Apparently not. And they continue to cause damage. It's clear they have always wanted to defeat Donald Trump. 2016, what did they do? They helped Hillary as much as they could, ignoring her clear violation of the Espionage Act. Oh, yeah, the bleach bit and the deleted emails. Yeah, they ignored her obstruction of justice. They ignored her unverifiable, now-debunked, dirty Russian dossier used to spy on a candidate. And later a president, they ignored the biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in our history. They advanced one lie after another lie after another lie after a conspiracy theory and lie. And now they are ignoring quid pro quo Joe's misconduct and covering for zero experience Hunter, the whole Ukraine. Oh, we're against quid pro quos, but not Joe, you're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son that's getting paid millions. It's clear, we understand, they hate Donald Trump. They hate Trump supporters. You like Donald Trump, they hate you. They hate me, they hate a lot of us here on Fox. They hate Rush, they hate Mark Levin, they hate others. 
Now, the same bad actors that brought you Russia, 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 Ukraine, Ukraine, and peach, and peach, now they're still lying to the American people once again, claiming that the president somehow must be responsible for COVID-19, especially true of the New York Times, which has so much blind, psychotic rage, they don't even fully comprehend, forgive them, I guess, they know not what they do at this point, in themselves. We are now breaking down some of their greatest errors tonight. For example, that garbage of a newspaper just published a hit piece, quote, he could have seen what was coming behind Trump's failure on the virus. Okay, before the New York Times tries to rewrite their history, let's remember, China didn't publicly identify. We did not as a world know about coronavirus till January 7th when it first got a name. The first case of coronavirus in the United States was January 21st, days later, 10 days later, after the first case. January 31st, the president implemented the travel ban, then mandatory quarantines, and then subsequent travel ban, declaring a public health emergency. Trump haters everywhere, they said he was overreacting. They said he was racist. Biden said he was acting out of hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering. February 5th, oh yeah, that newspaper, the New York Times, their headline, who says it's not safe to travel to China? Oh, great advice for your readers, adding that the coronavirus travel ban is unjust. It doesn't work anyway. Well, it worked. At this time, even the country's top specialists weren't predicting a widespread national crisis. So there you have what Sean Hannity presented earlier tonight. What do you think? What, what are your thoughts on this, gentlemen? Well, I mean, he is right. I mean, yeah, he's just presenting facts, you know, and the facts are, are what the facts are. Exactly. I have a little trouble hearing him. You know, he is. He is presenting the fact that these guys, these other media outlets, the New York Times, the New York Post, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, they're not reporting what's there. You know, they're reporting what they want to be there. You know, just like they're reporting what they want it to be there with the Russia collusion case and Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti and all these other things that they brought up. They wanted to report what they, what they think they saw. In other words, they're not reporting. They're trying to give you, they're trying to make it, like I said earlier, opinion, their opinion as news. All right? So, yeah, that's what they're doing, George. They're, they're trying to make their opinion news, and that their opinion is their opinion, you know. It's not news. News is the facts. Like you, George. <clears throat> well, you know, as Sean Hannity pointed out the facts, you know, he, he, he was pointing out straightforward facts. He wasn't uh, offering his opinion. He was stating the, he was stating the facts. I mean... From the, the impeachment nonsense to Hillary's uh, bleach bidding and all that stuff. Uh, Gunslinger, how about you? What do you think?
Okay, Gunslinger's not there. How about it, no way? Well, <clears throat> when it comes to Cuomo, Cuomo dropped the ball, and he knows he did. Uh, right along with de Blasio. You take back in February, uh, there they weren't doing anything. There was nothing wrong. They were telling people everything was great. Now they're trying to, to me, I see it as that Cuomo himself, he's trying to save face is what he's trying to do. At the same time is he doesn't want to rock too much with Trump because, well, Trump does have the facts. He has, Trump has done more for New York and New York City in that area than he has for any other place. So I think he's just trying to, they understand, when it comes to the media, they understand that the majority of their listening base, they can't remember what they had for breakfast this morning or when the last time they wiped their ass. So they know that they can just continue this hate because it's feeding the hatred that the people that hate Trump, they only hate Trump because the media tells them to hate Trump. Cuomo is, like I said, he's trying to save face. You notice de Blasio is keeping his mouth shut because his city is in dire straits. His city is a complete mess. And now, as far as as the media goes, is the media, if you think they hate Trump, they hate you twice as much. You are nothing but sheep to them. We're supposed to tell you to jump, and you are to ask us how high, period. Because that is their training. When you look back at Nazi Germany, that's exactly what Hitler did through propaganda. When you look at the mainstream media today, who do they use? And even Fox News uses a lot of them. Ex-CIA, their, their former CIA, their, their former FBI, their former national security, their former military personnel. It's all about propaganda. You'll have to when when I look at the at, or hear something from the news, I always think of one thing: the effect of a lie is not that it's untrue, but how many people you can convince that that lie is true. And that's what they do. They want you to be. They see that people are pissed off at what's going on, and to deflect the blame from them. They want to try to channel your anger to Donald Trump. But the more that they go after Donald Trump, this is why they're trying to, you know, Mad Cow keeps saying he has to stop this, these lies, and Don Lemon, and he has to stop these lies every day. But he's not lying. He's telling the truth. And the more that Donald Trump stands there and tells the truth every night on his briefings, the more the American people are waking up to who is telling the truth and who is lying. But the media, they're, they're so, it, it's an ego thing to them. It's, they truly believe they know better than you. They truly believe that when they say the country is mad at Donald Trump, truthfully, in their heart, they believe the country is mad at Donald Trump. But we're not. 
We may not like the way things are playing out right now, but we're not blaming Donald Trump. We're blaming China. Donald Trump was not the one that sent our manufacturing over there. Our government did. This is what Donald Trump is fighting against. They're trying to protect their own meal ticket. You look at Bloomberg. Where does Michael Bloomberg get 70% of his billions? He gets it from China. His manufacturing, China. When you look at all of these when you look at all of your products, all of your like your laptops and everything else, where do they come from? It comes from China. It's American companies that are making billions of dollars for their own pockets by importing stuff from China. The media, the media does not want, if they have Americans working, producing stuff for themselves, consuming what we produce, they lose their power. They no longer have any power. They can't stop the corruption because they, that's where they're getting their money from. They're getting their million, you know, someone like Rachel Madcow, think of, she gets a $7 million a year contract to sit there and belittle and hate America and get people to hate America. All these big universities and colleges, you got a, a university professor getting $650,000 a year to teach our children to hate the very country they live in. Why? Because when they feel like America and they can, say, turn America into Venezuela, they really think that they will be the ones controlling us. They're control freaks. They're going to be in charge of us. My children are going to be in charge of you. My children are going to tell you what to do, and you're going to be wiping my children's asses. That's how they think. What they don't understand, if you look at Venezuela, once Chavez took control of Venezuela, the first thing he done was shut down the propaganda machine. And he had one state-run television station. That was it. Because once them people realized they got played and they weren't going to have the power that they thought they were going to have, they would have turned on Chavez. It's the same thing here. If they get the totalitarian rule that Hillary Clinton would have done to America, they would have lost everything. They, they were nothing but what Lenin called the useful idiots. They were useful to the cause, but they're idiotic to what it's going to do. When you look at Nazi Germany, what did Hitler do to win over the love of the countrymen? The very thugs that were used to beat the people into submission were the first ones he had shot. So once the people saw that he was standing up for these thugs that were beating us and they were rioting in the streets, once he did that, they handed Germany to a madman. The same thing is working out right here. It's all a lie. Everything is a lie that comes out of their mouth. Everything is propaganda. Everything has an agenda. 
they have an end game that they're trying to get to. And I know you you know people get sometimes get mad when I say it, but Fox News is no different. They have an agenda. There is an underlying agenda with what they're saying. We we have to back these people. We want you to listen to the CDC. We want you to listen to this government agency and that government agency. But no government agency since the 80s has been for America. It's been to control America. The CIA director in 1986 made a very clear statement. We will know that the disinformation program is complete when everything the American people know to be true is false. And we see it right here today. When I heard that CDC director sounding just like Cuomo and them, and they're, they're, they're bringing that forth, and Donald Trump is telling the truth. This is what we have for information. The problem is 40% of the information that they're giving Trump is false. It's a lie. We don't have the cases that they say. We don't have the deaths that they say. We've seen the documents. And they're saying right there today, oh, we have this massive outbreak in this town, but nobody's showing any symptoms. So if these these veterans die, they'll just put down COVID-19. Oh, but they tested positive. Why do you think they want mandatory testing of everybody right behind that will come mandatory vaccines of everybody even though these vaccines are proven to be poison just like the flu vaccine my wife would get one every year and she'd always get sick and she'd always have problems I said would you stop bringing that crap into this house because you get sick you give it to me and when I get sick, I get twice as bad as you do because of my lungs. And she well, stopped taking the flu vaccine. Well, the, we the thing with the flu since. vaccine, the, the thing with the flu vaccine, though, um, no way. And uh, by the way, uh, Suzette and Rob are on the line with us as well, uh, just so everybody's aware. Because uh, I get the flu shot every year. Okay. And here's the thing. They derived that flu shot from four, at least four, maybe five different variations of the flu, different strains. Right. Unfortunately, it has it doesn't do diddly squat for the strain that I end up getting. This right. Year, I was in, I swear, and I swear to God, it was the it was the funny thing. Two weeks, two weeks after getting the flu shot, I ended up with the flu. I spent a week and a half in bed. I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm laying there in bed. I, I mean, I could get up. I, got, I was able to get up to go to the bathroom, but I had to go right back to bed because by the time I got done in the bathroom, I had, I was so, I was as weak as a freaking kitten. I ended up going back to bed. And my, I had a, I had 101 fever. I, 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 everything that goes with the flu, I had it. And it's like, okay, why tell me to get the flu shot if the strain of the, the flu virus I get is not covered by this shot? 
it's to me it's pointless. Right. Better luck you know? next year. And and they and the doctors will not stop pounding about it. Right. You know, it's almost as bad because as they the, get kickbacks, George. They get they get kickbacks. You believe it or not, they every medication they they give people, they get kickbacks for. Mona, um, last year, I have never, ever had the flu shot. The only reason I got the flu last year is because Mona got it. She got the flu, handed it right to me, and I was in bad shape. I couldn't breathe. There's nothing they could do. It was too late. I had it. They just had to monitor me and make sure that they could keep my lungs open because I I was I was done, like you said. I... I slept for three days. I didn't even get out of bed. I couldn't keep anything down. My fever, 101 to 102, gasping for breath. Yeah, I was in bad shape. But that, and that's only because she got it. But now she hasn't, no more flu shots. She said, that's it, enough. She saw that, and we're fine. Yep. Hello. Hello. Hello, Suzette. Hello. How are you, young lady? How are ya? How are ya? How are ya? I'm fine. Yeah, How are I'm doing you? Good, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, though. I mean, uh, what can I say? I'm, 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 I'm a little on the warm side because it's hot in this house, but. And I got the windows open too. I mean, it's like you know, my neighbors are probably listening to me talking uh, in here like this, and they're going, "What the hell is he? Who is he talking to? Why is he talking so loud?" <laughs> I actually had a neighbor of mine one night. She was walking her dog, and it was during the summertime. And I'm on the I'm on the show, and all of a sudden, the next day, she walks up to me and says. George, about one two o'clock this morning, I was wa- I was walking my dog and I heard you talking like uh, a mile a minute, but I didn't hear anybody else talking. Were you on the phone? I said no. She goes, well, who are you talking to? I said I do an internet I do an internet broadcast. And she goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. I felt, like, I felt like I was talking to Edith Bunker at that point. Yeah, funny. You know, when, when she it's goes, oh. Lost. I finally lost it. Talking to himself, do I record him? Do I talk to him about it? Suzette, you, you put a link in the chat room uh, from Vox. V-O-X. Surprisingly enough. We did an excellent piece on You sound a little muffled there, young lady. Huh? You were you're sounding a little oh. low and muffled. Oh, hang on. Let me let me fix this here. I had it on speaker. Um, surprisingly enough, and I know Vox is left leaning and all of this other. They like to just bash Trump and Republicans, conservatives, whatever. But this author, for some reason, did an excellent piece and gave Trump his due as far as he did the homework. She did the footwork. Who's that? Canadian Limerick 366, the Coca-Cola North, SCIA, Salvage, 
Uh, why am I hearing a scanner? <laughs> because somebody's burglar alarm just went off at a business. Oh. Oh, jeez. Huh. That's interesting. I told you I'm 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 a CIA operative. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, George must be mixed in too because he and he understood what it was that he was hearing. I I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to remember that I grew up in the fire department. I, I and I and I've been a member of the local my my peak, my hometown fire department for 38 years. And when you grow up around a firehouse and and you and your father has a has a house scanner, a, a portable scanner and you it's like and then you end up joining the fire department and you've got a, a scanner at home, you kind of get used to what they sound like. <laughs> so uh-huh. Well, that explains it. <laughs> ten, ten, eight, 1080 is a uh, burglar alarm. Oh. Well, and I would say with the winds we're getting right now, one of their overhead doors at a at a uh, junkyard probably popped open or rattled and set the alarm off. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> well, anyway, as I was saying, the box author the author of the box article had done her homework and she actually um was objective um i think she could have been a little bit more objective but for the most part she actually did her homework and basically told these other mainstream medias to chill out that they're so eager to jump on these stories um you know negativity um and they don't bother to look into it to know that what they're accusing trump of uh, this time around is also nothing burger, you know. And so I was like, wow, from Box, huh? This is unusual. <laughs> so it's, it's a short article. I don't know if you clicked on it or not. It's like three, par- three or four paragraphs. Yeah, I have it open in front of me here. Yeah. And, and she starts uh, out talking about the Russiagate and the impeachment and all of this. And then she gets into the nitty-gritty as far as his actual what he owns as far as his mutual shares and what they amount to, and and anything that the mainstream media probably accuses administration of, she also shows how much they, they own as far as uh, shares in the um, that um, hydrochloroquine uh, company, research lab, whatever, which is also a big nothing burger. So, <laughs> And she says so, and that's what's kind of awesome is it's one of their own telling them, there's nothing here. Stop it. Shut up. Right, but you you know, Suzette, you're in the medical field. You know that something like hydrochloroquine, there's no money in it because it's a drug that's been around for 60 years. Mm -hmm. So where they're going to get their money, they're going to get their money and they're going to get grant money for research and development. And then instead of it being a 10-cent pill, it's going to be a $150 pill. And these people are going to really pad their pockets. And, yes, all of these news people and all of these congressmen and everything else, they all have stock in these pharmaceutical companies, and that's where the money is. The money is in these new drugs. True. But but the hydrochloroquine, the malaria drug, is nothing new, and there's like three or four companies that make it, and also a generic brand. So the price is right. really low, and these companies are also donating 
um, large quantities to um, you know to the people in these states that are um, using it for their pilot programs um, for the coronavirus, which is pretty cool. But um, because the, um, I was just speaking in terms of um, this particular drug and these companies that, that produce it um, are related in, in uh, mutual funds. So, you know, if you have a 401k right. and you're listed in the mutual fund, you don't know what what really break, the breakdown of that investment is unless you ask and then they'll give it to you and how many shares. And so basically this mutual fund that that particular drug company um, that manufactured uh, one of the brands of the hydrochloroquine um, actually could be offset with another company that isn't doing so well. So in particular that portfolio of mutual stock um, isn't really worth much. <laughs> Sorry, these people yeah, say, but, Trump's going to make a million dollars. But, <laughs> Suzette, let, let, me, let me run this question by you, because you, know, you, uh-huh. you are in the medical field. Um, mm-hmm. Hydroxychloroquine, or, or, or chloroquine for that matter, uh, which I'm really not sure what, what the difference really is, I mean, to be honest. Uh, but the hey. bottom line is, there are there are there there it's being tested um, for its effectiveness against coronavirus, um, and as you are well aware, there are drugs that have been prescribed for one thing and then found later to be useful against other things. Like prime example, the Depakote I take for my epilepsy, uh, that can also be prescribed as a mood stabilizer. Um, so a lot of medications that they have, a, there are a lot of medications on the market today that have a dual purpose. Some more than some more purposes than others. And a um, question to you: If hydro, I can talk. If if hydroxychloroquine is found to be effective against COVID-19, how long is it going to really take, I mean, realistically, for them to, A, make that final determination, and B, start allowing doctors nationwide uh, to prescribe it for, that, for the purpose of helping people with, uh, with coronavirus? Well, they're finding, as far as the people that are suffering, you know, extreme symptoms of the virus itself, uh, the, the coronavirus or COVID-19, because of how it reacts to the body and the swelling of the lungs and, you know, the interior breathing system, basically, um, what this does, the hydrochloroquine, is, is it, it reduces the swelling. Like, I have lupus. And when I have, um, you know, uh, and out, when it starts to act up, basically, uh, my joints and everything get extremely swollen, and it's very difficult and painful to move. Um, although I haven't had, um, you know, anything, I've been dormant for a while now. But and also in other cases of um, rheumatoid arthritis, another swelling. Um, and so the, the hydroxychloroquine works for patients like myself and people with rheumatoid arthritis. I don't have that yet, thank goodness. Um, 
it works for us to relieve that pain. Um, it doesn't cure it as far as my lupus or the rheumatoid arthritis, but it does give us relief. Um, in this case, it works to suppress um, the, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, the actual... The inflammation. The inflammation, inflammation yeah, but it also, but it also uh, with the VPAC, um, block. They work together to block that little, you know, the virus itself um, from mutating. So they're able to stop it at that point, and that's why people can recover because it allows their systems to, you know, um, receive the violation. Right. And, you know, as far as that goes, their lungs opens up their lungs and everything else so they can recover. Um, it's, and that's why they say it's not a cure, but because it suppresses the necessary items or, you know, things that are, are preventing you from naturally healing, um, that's why people are getting better. <laughs> Right. Well, they, I use a, <laughs> when I have a real bad flare-up, they give me a Z-pack immediately, and they nail me with prednisone. The yeah. prednisone, the steroid itself, yeah. kills, uh, nails the inflammation in my lungs to stop the swelling, and the Z-pack kills any bacteria or anything that gets into my lungs that I can't cough out. Ooh, the prednisone makes you throw up. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, they nail me with prednisone. And I hate it. But, I mean, when when you can't breathe, you'll do just about anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they nail me. I haven't, I haven't had to take prednisone for quite a while, but I've been keeping it, uh, you know, I've been doing pretty good. But the, the chloroquine that you're talking about, George, that's in the tonic water, it's the same thing. It's just the natural form. It's actually the flavoring of tonic water. That's the bitterness that you're tasting in the tonic water is the chloroquine. Now, the hydrochloroquine is the manufactured form of the natural product. Uh, and it's a lot bigger lot bigger dose, a lot bigger dose. You're getting 20, there's 20 milligrams of high, of uh, chloroquine in tonic water. That, that was the first, see, Mona deals with all these drugs in the pathology lab. She had to, that was one of the things she had to learn. She had to learn all the drugs because okay. that's what's, that's what's in the, the reports. And it's it's the same thing. Uh, many doctors will tell you that it, it's the same. It's just a there's a small amount. There's only 20 milligrams. Now the hydro hydrochloroquine that they give you is 200 milligrams per tablet. So you're getting a mega dose of it. Okay, so are you talking about the chloroquine phosphate that's in the water? You're right. Yeah. The, uh, yep. It's made with uh, the bark of the tree, and it's very bitter. And that's where, like, I drink, she she buys it. She's got a ton of it here, and I, I drink a, a couple ton-ounce bottles, you know, cans of it a day. Mm-hmm. And yes, before no, before no, everybody uh, freaked out, she got, um, she ordered it right off in friggin' Amazon and got, uh, 200 milligram of chloroquine tablets. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, well, and, uh, the chloroquine phosphate just in general works as an mm-hmm. anti-malarial, which is, you know, a lot of what these tribes used out in the um, West Indies and stuff, and it's not in a pill form. It's part of their diet. <laughs> like in the world right. you're talking about. <laughs> you know, uh, the And I, I did. I, I looked through my um, my book here that um, is the, um, <coughs> excuse me, Native American Healing Secrets. Mm-hmm. And I got looking through there, and there is a tea with this, I can't think of the name of the tree, but with the bark that is the natural chloroquine. And it's right in there, and it's for uh, infections. That's what the book, that's what I found in the book. I mean, mm-hmm. and this book that I, I use tons of this. But the problem I have is the um, the Advair that I'm on because they can't get me off in the Advair because my insurance will not pay for the other drug, and the other drug is $800 for a month. But they will pay for the Advair. But Advair creates um, mucus in my lungs. And that's why they've been trying to get me off it, but... You know, I can't. I don't have eight hundred dollars a month to to buy the other stuff that doesn't have the steroid in it. Right. Well, I just thought I just thought when it's the George is asking. Here, I got to turn that. <laughs> I'll turn this down. Uh Comp just found a door unlocked, and the wind is beating the door. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to get somebody from CIA Auto Salvage to get over there and a key holder. La dee dee. But yeah, you know, there's there's many different things, and like I've always been a firm believer when it every disease God gave us a cure. And I look at if if man would use it to cure people and to heal people, then we'd have a true medical field today and in, in you know industry in America. But it's all for money. If there's no money in it, they don't want you to have it. And that's that's my opinion on that mess. I can barely hear you, Suzette. Quinoline. <laughs> no way, quinoline? I think that yep. bark is in the quinoline family that you're talking about. Right, yep. And that's, and that's what they that's, make that's the, the hydrochloroquine from. Yeah, yeah, that's the base, and that's the, uh, that strong odor that you were talking about, that bitter bitter taste. and that, Okay, so that's the basis, the compound. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the compound that's on the uh because like if if you look at the side like the polar is what we buy here. That's what we have a lot of here. And when you look it says natural flavors and that's mm. what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what and it says there's 20 uh milligrams of it in each can. But uh-huh. Yeah, once this all started, you know, you I I created an animal in my wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. But I mean, I I understand, you know, and the boys, they're they're worried. They, you know, they try to stay away and they they're washing their hands because they, you know, for someone like me, you know, if I do catch anything, you know, the common cold or the flu or something like that, it's close to a death sentence for me because when my lungs shut down. It's a 50-50 chance. They either my lungs are either going to work again or I'm going to suffocate. And right. that's all there that's how it works. That's what I deal with. And I do every year. I like this year I lost a, throughout the year when they done the uh lung function test in January, the test came back and I lost another 3%. But there's nothing oh that's oh that's emphysema. There's nothing they can do to stop that. I'm just going to continue. It's it's a progressive illness that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. That's why they only give you about 10 years with it mm-hmm. because there's no way to stop it once it starts. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's it. <laughs> so, uh, George, I'm sorry. I don't did I answer your question or or um <laughs> Were you able to? I think you. I think you. I think. Yeah, easy for me to say. I think you answered it pretty decent. Um, I mean, you definitely answered my question. No doubt about it. Um, you know, we were talking uh, earlier about about the, the the states that are shut down and how you know, the president wants to see the country reopen by May first and stuff like that. Well. Texas Governor Greg Abbott was on Sean Hannity's show to, uh, tonight, and he told Hannity that a key aspect of eventually reopening the state's economy is learning how so-called essential businesses are dealing with the coronavirus threat. Mm-hmm. Now, Governor Abbott said, we want to open. Texans love to work. Texans are dying to get back to work. We want them to get back to work, but we have to do so in a very safe way so that we don't regenerate the spread of the coronavirus in the state of Texas. But we're working on strategies as we speak with medical experts and business leaders to find the right strategy so we can unleash our economy. Texas was the number one state in the United States for job creation last year, leading in gross domestic product. It is essential for the future of the United States of America economically. America needs Texas to get back to work, back to business. There have been some businesses that have been open a while at the same time. We've been reducing the spread of the coronavirus, so we need to learn from the strategies about what works and allow other businesses to deploy those strategies while we are ensuring that we continue to slow the spread of the coronavirus. This is what Governor Abbott was saying. He also noted an epicenter of the pandemic, like New York City, will likely focus on, quote-unquote, contact tracing and regularly taking people's temperature in, in public and added that Texas could learn from that model if it were implemented back east. I think most states can reopen even sooner than later, 
We don't have to wait until May 1st, he added, referring to the date when President Trump has said he hopes to begin easing coronavirus restrictions. The problem, as I see it, is the states that that have been most affected by coronavirus, like California, New York, Louisiana, Texas, the 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 best thing that they can do, I I think, if they want to reopen the, their states, is do it on, on, on try to do it on an incremental basis, or or, or at least open some of the businesses <coughs> where you can you can have limited contact, or businesses that can effectively work from home that can that can that can uh, do good for the economy in that respect. The the, the only thing that I I think is is really hurting this country right now is the fact that we're we're all being stuck on these stay at home orders. By finding a strategy that works to do that, it's going to take brainstorming from from the governors of all fifty states in cooperation with President Trump and his administration. I firmly believe that if they can do that and they can work out a plan that, that, can, that, can, that can actually work and work well, this country can get back to work. This country can get back to what, to what it needs to do. Well, it can. It Some can. states may not want to reopen right away out of fear that, that, that reopening could, could precipitate a resurgence of the spread of the coronavirus. Right. You you just said a key a key word right there that is the biggest problem in America today. Fear. Because you know, I'm I'm looking at right down here, the convenience store where my son works. Sure, he's in the redemption part to the side that takes care of all the incoming bottles from all over the place. But now, once a week, they shut down the convenience store early. Everything in there is wiped down, washed down, sanitized, and they they do a lot of that. I think the biggest thing in America that we need to have or try to get the people to realize, number one, get rid of your complacency. Number two... You may have to, when you go to the supermarket now, it's like what Mona does. She, They have alcohol wipes right there, okay? Wipe down your shopping cart that you're, take, you're grabbing. You take an alcohol wipe and you wipe down the, the, the cart, the handle part of it, stuff like that. Um, once you do your shopping, don't be complacent. Use the hand sanitizer when you're done. And different things, there's certain routines that we have to get into because if you look at the essential parts that are still open, there's a reason why we're not getting sick. It's because of these, well, the old saying, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's That is something we have to get back to. We have to get back to that thinking about our neighbor. Okay, we're all right. But you you don't want to be 
blowing your nose and coughing and hacking and you're going into places, we have to start thinking about other people. Uh, if you've got sniffles and you've got sneezes and coughs, find somebody else to go shopping for you or stay out of these public places. And we have to, I think we have to get back to this. We have to get back to thinking about other people more than thinking about ourselves. And I think that's how you can get these places back open um, with a, a few little cleanliness type provisions in these places, in these factories and and in these what they call unessential businesses, you know, but at the same time, we have to stand up to some of these governors, like in Michigan, why are they? Uh, you can't buy a flag. That's not essential. Uh, you can't buy seeds to grow a garden. Why? Why would they stop people from growing a garden? Because they want control over you. They don't want you self-supportive. This is the stuff we have to combat at the same time as getting our country going again. We we have to get these restaurants and all this stuff. They ha- We've got to get them going again. We We just have to. And it's going to take the people themselves to think about others and to get back to more cleanly ways of doing things. And, but that's my opinion. What do I know? I'm just an old half-breed from Maine. <laughs> no, and, 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 and I agree with you on that, no way. I do agree with you. You know, there are certain – now, like you mentioned about the, the alcohol wipes and everything. Even before coronavirus – started in this country uh, whenever I went shopping they would have this little stand with the alcohol wipes and I would grab some of the alcohol wipes I'd wipe down the, the handle of the, of the cart the, the sides of the cart and stuff like that I'd wipe it down as much as possible toss right. that away alright and I would go about my business doing my shopping I would always carry with me a, a small bottle of hand sanitizer, so that once I put, once I got done with that shopping cart, and I put it in the shopping cart uh, uh, space where it belongs, in the parking lot, I would then, you know, take the hand sanitizer, and, and I would use it on my hands. And a lot of people, and this is something that I think people need to understand: when you use hand sanitizer. Don't just rub your hands with it, okay, and, and, and do like, like so. For those of you watching on the video platform, put it up on there so that you can take, take your hand and go all, all the way around each finger, all the way around each finger individually. And as you're going around each finger, the hand sanitizer is getting right in between the fingers as well. So, and, and, and people look at me and they're, they're like, why do you do that? Because I want to make sure I, I cover all bases of my hands with the hand sanitizer, leaving nothing to chance. Mm-hmm. I've actually, because I, people have seen me do that, I've got people that I know in my area that are now doing the same thing. Right. They used to just pour it in their palm, switch it around, rub it around the back of their hands and the back of their fingers, the tops of their fingers and everything, and that was it. But when they saw that I started circulating it through each finger, they're like, wow, 
you know, being thorough, you know. And I started right. doing get that your, long before coronavirus hit. And get your fingernails right down into the palm of your hand where it is and get those and, and clean it off. I mean, I I had to start picking that up a couple of years ago just to, to make sure that I, I'm not infecting myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where I say the complacency. We all have to stop being so complacent about our everyday means because, well, the world is how the world is. And uh, we just got to uh, get back to being and, godly and cleanly. And even when I'm at the doctor's office, you know, they have those little hand sanitizer, those Purell hand sanitizer devices. I'll, yep. I'll use yep. that before I go into the exam room and after I get out of the exam room. You know? Now, right. unfortunately, because of coronavirus, I'm actually going to have to do my next doctor's appointment through telehealth. And that's going to be an interesting experience because the only way the doctor is going to know what my weight is, my pulse rate, and my, my blood pressure is I'm going to have to use my own bathroom scale. It's digital, but I'll have to use that for my weight. And of course, when I give her, before I give her the weight numbers, I'll be sitting here joking with her going, well, my bathroom scale is the only thing I got to take my weight with, and it went tilt, tilt, tilt. <laughs> you know? But right. right here, and I keep it, I keep it right here on, on the bottom shelf of my desk. You can't see this thing except on, on the video platforms. I have a, um, I have a, a digital blood pressure device with, with the arm cuff, and there's only one way to – it shows you the, the proper way to put it on and everything. And I'll, I'll run the test twice. I'll take the first test with it before I t- take my medication and about an hour or two after I take my medication for my blood pressure. Because I want to see where my blood pressure is before and after. Right. Now, the other thing, too, is it also measures my pulse rate. And it keeps a memory of, of, of each reading. So, you know, a lot of people may not invest the money in this. But I did. Because having high blood pressure, I know how important it is to keep, to keep a close watch on it. So with, this, right. with the coronavirus situation and having to do the, the telehealth, this is something that's going to that's going to help my doctor to have something on record at her office. You know. Now, when I do that, I don't have it here handy. I also have a stethoscope. I was thinking of wearing my stethoscope on my <laughs> even though I don't know the first thing about how to use something. But that's okay. I, I figured you know, might give her a good chuckle. But um, you know, I, 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 when I, and 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 it goes, it all goes with my being sober all these years too. One of the things that I was told early in sobriety is that we learn to become more, we we learn to become responsible. Okay. And part of that responsibility means taking care of our health. 
I started go- when I started going back to the doctors, it shocked the living hell out of my family. It did. It just because for years before I got sober, I wouldn't go near the doctor's office at all. I ignored my health. Well, I don't ignore it anymore. I figure, you know, I'm getting too old for this shit, so I better pay attention to it, you know? Right. Uh, Did you want to answer the question? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I'll tell you, Virginia. And with my, the only thing is with my diabetes, because of the coronavirus problem, my doctor can't do the A1C test. Because she likes to do my numbers through the A1C. And it's like, now what? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it to her on the telehealth uh, thing. See, if I had my own way to, to take a reading of, my, of what my numbers are, I could give you my numbers too. But I can't because guess what? You wouldn't let me have a device with the with, with the thing to stick my finger and go. Because you insisted on the right. one C. Well, it's she's, she's not going to like that. Me. But I'm. But the, you know, the truth hurts, and I'm sorry. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and 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 not say something about it because I have no way to test my you never know when the, situ- the situation is going to prevent you from being in, in the doctor's office. Right. And that's the thing with me. I have no way to test my oxygen sats. So there's a lot of times I'm short of breath. And the problem that hits me is my oxygen sats could be dropping into the eighties. And that's when I become in distress and I have no way to test that. I have no way to mm. test my oxygen sats. Wow. Because at, at that point, when I start dropping into the 80s, I need oxygen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, so there's I, I have no choice. I have to either run to the emergency room to see what the hell's going on of why I can't catch my breath or, you know, are my lungs filling up to the point where... I'm, I'm suffocating, and you know, there's there's a lot of things. I don't think they want me to deal with it at home, anyway. And you know, mm. that's where you hear a lot of these exactly. doctors and stuff now. That's why they keep saying that the high risk with this and everything is it's like what Suzette was saying. It is a thing that attacks the lungs. So somebody in my boat, you know, it's a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're finding out that it's not really that you have a viral pneumonia, but it's your own defense mechanism in your body that is actually attacking the lungs to attack the virus. But it's attacking your lungs to attack the virus. And that's where the hydrochloroquine is, it relaxes your lungs. And while it stops like she said it stops the virus from mutating so your body can fight it and get rid of it while at the same time it helps clear up your lungs with the z-pack and everything else but i mean it's springtime i'm i'm doing i'm knocking on wood it's april and i haven't had my bronchitis attack yet and i usually get it every spring but then again, I haven't been around sawdust for 
a few years, so maybe that's one of the reasons why. Hmm. And plus, I don't have to tell the doctor that I use that. I make my own colloidal silver, and I dump it in my uh, nebulizer and take a few huffs off in silver, and that helped me out. Because last week, I was bad last week. I could hardly breathe. I couldn't lay down. And I said, screw it. And I put a bunch of that in, and it, it got me back to somewhat normal, whatever that normal is. Yeah. You know, for, for an old nutcase like me, that's not very so, good. <laughs> did you notice that there was, well, I don't know, you're on the total opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> far, far away. But, I don't know, last year or last week it seemed like the air was very heavy at times. Um, I, I don't have any lung problems, but it, you can just feel it. You can just feel the right. air when you're breathing it in. It's heavy. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that that's it. That's where I, I do kind of get, like in the wintertime, mm-hmm. when it gets, you know, real cold, gets down there 10, 15 degrees, I can't go outside because I can't breathe. In the summertime, when the high humidity comes up, I can't breathe in that either. So I, that's why I'm stuck inside a lot. Yeah. In the summertime, I have to have an air conditioner to cut down the. Because yeah, when that when that air gets real heavy with high humidity and stuff, I can't. That's probably why today it shot right up into 60 degrees, heavy pouring rain. So there's a lot of humidity in the air, and mm-hmm. I can't breathe in that. I can't breathe in that humidity. Yeah, your your lungs don't work properly enough to filter it out. Right. You'll suffocate. So I'll, I'll I'll get real raspy because and I'll have my little hacking spells. Like I'm doing good right now because just before I did call in, I I took my meds at about ten thirty. Right, but ultimately, so. what happens is you don't get enough oxygen to the brain, and then you ultimately you end up suffocating yourself in a sense, you know, because of the right oxygen starvation. Mm-hmm. There's oh no, yeah. There's I no got, other, um, you know, system in your no other organ in your body that can do the same thing as your lungs can. So, so right. there is no alternative backup system. Yeah, and system. that and <laughs> that's like you know I I understand with you know and that was something that I had to get used to dealing with, is the lightheadedness from oxygen deprivation. Yeah. That's where I have to be very careful. Like there's times if I'm hacking and stuff, I have to stay seated down because if I stand up or something, I will pass out. Heaven forbid you go to tie your shoelace and forget. Stand up. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I'll go right I'll I'll go down like a ton of brick. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get like a lot of times that if I really get coughing real hard, you get those that head rush and you, you start blacking out. Well, yeah, and, and you create a heart arrhythmia in that moment exactly. as well because your right. heart stops beating. Absolutely. Yep. So I, I, I don't mean just... to sound so direct and like unsympathetic. I just I, <laughs> I, I bask in the scientific aspect of it, the, you know, the biology, the whole, the way it works. Right. <laughs> and, that, and that's <laughs> why I, I do feel bad for Mona a lot because there's a lot of times when I first get up in the morning, I, you know, like on the weekend when she's home or something, she'll come in and sit down here and, you know, it's like, go downstairs. You don't need to see this because it, it gets pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I'll just sit here and I'll, I'll sit back and I hang on to the arms of the chair because you feel like you're falling over, but you're not. 
And my father-in-law went through something like that. It was awful to watch. It, it, it really was. It's nasty, right? And I just go downstairs. I'll be all right in an hour or so, you know. And she doesn't need to sit there and watch it for Christ's sakes. But she does. Yeah. She sees a lot. She sees a lot of it. She sees a lot. I can see why. She she wants to be there for you. I mean, she's your wife. She's like, I I can deal with it. I'm more worried about you. <laughs> right. You know? And my you know, father-in-law had to have a a suction thing go down his throat to suck out the stuff from his 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 lungs that he could breathe, and then be fed through a tube in his stomach. I was like, oh my goodness, wow. And, yeah, so, that's coming in time. I had to go, I had to help with the hospice on that towards the end of the day there, and it was, like, really intense. I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't become a nurse. <laughs> I mean, I, as far as I would just be crying, putting it all together, you know, my job. I'd done that for my son. I had to do that for my son, Suzette. They taught me how to go up through his nose with the hose and the suction mm-hmm. and go down in, and, yeah, I'd done that for my two-year-old son. Hmm. Yeah, I it's, went it's through nice. a lot with yeah. him. <clears throat> yeah, it's it, it's yeah, pretty nasty. Because it just, well, it's not well for me. It wasn't so much the nastiness. I just I just cried because I just felt bad for him. <laughs> you know, so I told his son, "Just hang on, let me get this in here. I can do it." <laughs> but um, yeah. the nasty doesn't bother me so much. Blood, gore, you know, open cuts, a knee fracture, you know, with a bone, <laughs> compound fracture with a bone but coming I, out. No I problem. always tell Mona, I says, you know. <laughs> What what do you worry about? I I can only fall six feet. Oh, that's true. That's the upside. Because I'm six, you know, I'm six foot two, and I said, I'm well, you know, I can only fall six feet. <laughs> 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 she she doesn't think that's funny, but I do. Me myself and I get a chuckle out of it all the time. Oh, you're but I will say the one time I did pass out, it hurts when you wake up. Oh, don't it hurt? When you realize you bounced off in this door and the wall, and then you hit the floor like a ton of brick, boom! It's well, like, suddenly oh. you realize it's six feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your head kind of bounces off the floor, boing. Like, well, up, I call. can safely say I know what that feels like because, uh, I mean, I'm six one, and I and I was stand. It was I was. Maybe a year or two into this place I'm living in now, and they didn't have you know how they have air conditioner covers for the outside of the air conditioner outside the building. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't have them for a long time, so I went to put plastic up on on the um, on the on the air conditioner on the inside. Well, my left leg. Shook a little, I slipped and I fell backwards and I landed head first right on the hard floor. <coughs> now, for an epileptic to hit the floor like that is not good. No, 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 no. You don't no. do that. Well, you continue so to I'm, hit the I'm floor because you're you're kind of. Yeah, that would hurt. I call I, I call nine one one, told them the situation. Thankfully, I left the door unlocked. But then I called a friend of mine. You know, just to to keep try and keep semi conscious, you know, semi with it. So in case I did lose consciousness, she could tell the the uh, the uh, ambulance people to take me to a certain to a certain medical center. 
Well, the ambulance people said, no, we're going to take you to, we're taking you to St. Francis Medical Center, which is the closest hospital to me. Mm-hmm. The next closest would be Vassar Brothers Medical Center. And that's the hospital I wanted to go to because I trust them more than I do I did St. Francis at the time. Uh-huh. And the Uh-oh. ambulance people said, because they had to put a neck brace on me, they had to put me on a backboard and all this. And they said, they, the Vassar Brothers wouldn't know what to do with a neck brace and the backboard. <laughs> well, we're taking it to St. Francis. Trouble. I turned around and I said, excuse me? I said, first of all, yeah, they do know what to do with a back brace and a neck with a neck with a neck brace and a backboard. And two, the last time I went to that dump up there, up to St. Francis, the doctor tried to tried to become he was becoming a drug dealer. He tried to push and and, and push uh, per, uh, Percocet on me. Yeah. He's all oh, no, that didn't happen. Damn, what guy says, no, that didn't happen. I said, bullshit. He left the room and he sent the nurse in with a pill, with a, with a pill cup with Percocet in it. He goes, oh, that didn't happen. I said, were you there? He goes, no. I said, well, how the hell do you know? <laughs> were you yeah, lucky they, they didn't mark your chart for surgery by accident? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what, that's what, and you know what's really funny about it? He hit his now, head. Brain surgery. <laughs> well, they would have found sawdust. Okay, no, just kidding. Uh, but listen, Suzette, you being in the medical field, when you're dealing with a po- with a head injury and the possibility of a concussion, isn't it normally isn't it normal practice for the hospital in a head injury case to have you stay for overnight observation just in case? It depends. It, um, it depends on how hard you were hit. You know, you would have to describe what had happened to you, and then of course they would, you know, I, do a. They hit uh, I, I, I hit. They hurt. My neighbor upstairs heard the thud. Well, they would do well, an MRI they do a to see how sufficient. Yes. Well, that too. But yeah, to see the brain, to see how much the swelling is, because if the swelling is a lot, <laughs> then they would have to drain the brain, which they want to keep an eye on to make sure that they don't have to uh, because, right. you know, it presses up against the skull and um, can cause severe damage, brain damage. So um, they would have to determine the swelling, how, the severity of the swelling. Well, they didn't even send, they did not send me for an MRI or a CAT scan, just a simple head x-ray. And after right. about two hours, three hours sitting in that in, in the exam room waiting for somebody to come in and tell me something, the the doctor comes in and says, "All right, Mr. Sinzer, you we're going to send we're sending you home. Uh, if you have any, if you, if you have this, you have that." He's going down the whole laundry list. Oh, that's not said, Dude, the back of my head fucking hurts like hell. <laughs> I still feel I still feel dizzy. And you're sending me home? I live alone. Well, yeah. The the if only thing happens, the X-ray would show would be a, a a crack. You know, even if it was a hairline fracture, it wouldn't determine the swelling in the brain because in an X-ray you can't see um, brain tissue or you know tissue. Right, and it, it so. might be able to see if there's um, some bleeding. 
Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, Maybe. no. Mm-hmm. The, the CAT scan. They they usually would do an MRI or a CAT scan to see it right, like Suzette said, to see if there's any swelling. Yeah, because the crack is. <laughs> yeah. Wow, because you can have actually brain swelling without actually cracking your head. I mean, right. that's how you know uh, babies can die from shaking them because you know their heads never actually hit on anything, but they shake them so much that their little brains get so swollen and they die. Yeah, they bounce back and forth and bounce off the skull. Yep. Yep. Sad. Me, I mean, if I you you shake me, all you're going to hear is a bunch of marbles up there rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember um, one time going going to to Vassar Brothers because I, uh, I I had injured my leg uh, going down a flight of stairs. My my leg kind of for whatever reason my legs were shaking, and my left leg slammed down hard on a marble stair, and I I. I ended up with some pulled muscle, with some strained muscles in my leg, but to the point where I, you know, it hurt to it hurt to walk. So I get into the, I get there and and the doctor, you know, he orders, he orders X-rays, CAT scan, cat you know, whole battery of tests. Yeah, I was a little confused. I thought maybe they would do the MRI, not the, uh, not a CAT scan. But he ordered a CAT scan for some stupid reason. But ultimately, it, it was, they they found out that you know it was just some pulled muscles and whatnot, and you know the yeah, only thing I could I, take time was um, the, what I had at the time because I wasn't on blood thinners yet. Uh, I had 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, so I took one of those before you know after I got home. And I didn't, my leg didn't hurt or bother me after that, so you know I was pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't order the, an autogram because an autogram would the, show the ligament. Back brothers was willing to go the extra mile, whereas uh-huh. now it's known as Mid Hudson Regional, then St. Francis. They do one set of X-rays of my head, which didn't really show much of anything. And they send me home, knowing full well that a I live alone after I told them so, and b that I was still feeling very dizzy, and in a lot and my my the back of my head still hurt like hell. And there was now one would think sure the doctor that would awake. take that into consideration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quacks. <laughs> Yeah, and the last thing that you'd want to do if you got the possibility of a concussion to give somebody Percocet that's going to make them drowsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me go take a nap. <laughs> you have to wake up again. <laughs> right, exactly. I had to take a friend of mine. I had to pick up a friend of mine from the, from the ER because I had her. I had her car at the time, mm-hmm. and. I go up there, I pick her up. That same doctor that released me because after my head injury mm-hmm. was there, and he looked at and he he blatantly he, I, the stupid idiot violated my HIPAA rights right in front of a whole waiting room full of people. 
And he goes, ah, oh, Mr. Sinzer, how you doing? How, how, have you had any further issues with, after your fall with your, with your head injury? I looked at the doctor. I said, dude, get away from me before I really get steamed. Right. Yeah. And my friend comes walking out. Same time I'm saying that, he goes walking in. And she goes, what was that all about? I said, eh, he's a quack. And he stopped dead in his tracks before he got to the door. And I went, <laughs> pointing at him. He got steamed and he stormed into the emergency room. Well, that that's kind of... That's kind of the thing right here now that Oh no. He dropped. Oh, that's weird. Oh, well, I may be able to fix that. Hopefully, uh, no way, hopefully you're listening in the chat room. Turn on your Skype, and I'll bring you back via Skype. I do have you on my Skype list. Okay? Um, I don't know what happened, but for some oddball reason, it just he, he, his line just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah, right in mid-sentence. So, all right. Let's see. I know I have him here on the on my on my Skype list. So let me see if I can. <clears throat> All right. If, if he turns on his Skype, I can bring him back. So. See if he's listening. Let me know. Hopefully he he's able to do he's able to do that. I know. I I I hate when that happens. Um, because yeah, I've seen it happen. People and usually when we're in the overtime period on Blog Talk Radio, like we are now. Mhm. Oh. Hmm. Oh, he was using. Oh man. What? He used to, I I I still have my original Magic Jack device because he's saying about Magic Jack. I still have oh. my original Magic Jack from years ago. I haven't used that in, all, in ages. You know, <laughs> I've never had one. Cell phone. All right. No way he's got his Skype on, so let me pull him back in. Just when he thought he was out, the host pulls him back in. I hope. <laughs> help me. Help me. Help me! Help me! I did. Oh, I did. Oh God! I did that in, in the movie theater. They they were having a horror, a horror movie, uh, a horror film classic night at one of the local theaters I, I, where I lived at the time. And I walk in. And I'm sitting right smack in the middle of the of, of the entire group. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I go. The movie starts, the lights go down low, and I go, three, two, because the first movie up was Vincent Price's The Fly. And I went, <laughs> hurt me, hurt me, hurt me. 
popcorn just started flying like like crazy. Uh, no way we're gonna try again, and it's you're unavailable, even though you're on, you're lit up like a Christmas tree. I don't know why it didn't work, but we're gonna try. Hmm. I hope we can get him back. I really do. He was right in the middle of a good of, of a sentence, and just as he was, he was getting going good, all of a sudden. <clears throat> He just fell out. <laughs> I thought he was taking a breath because he said he was uh, having just trouble. <laughs> I was waiting for his next words and then nothing. And then he said, I think we dropped him. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> All right. You got me? <laughs> yeah, you're right in the middle of your sentence. <laughs> I know. I, I forgot my... Uh, Magic Jack, if you're talking every hour and a half to two hours, you have to call back in because it thinks that you, uh, it cuts out for an open line. Oh. So, you know, you you can go longer. my original Magic Jack device. Yeah, and I forgot all about that, too. When I saw it, it was close to 2 o'clock. I should have hung up and called back in. But, uh. No, what I was saying is um, in some of these other countries, what they're doing is they're starting to post names and addresses and stuff of people that are positive. And that's part of their social distancing. That's part of their social distancing. Yeah, Google wants to start doing something like that, if I heard correctly. Yes, Google does. Google wants to start tracking you. Yeah. And well, that ain't happening. And the yeah, mayor right? of Los Angeles, <laughs> Mayor Garcetti, wants people to to tell on their neighbors if they see them out and about without a mask. <laughs> yeah, that's what I yeah, was and, telling and, George. And they, and they get a reward for doing it too. Right. <laughs> you know, Suzette, we can work together here. We can split the reward. That's no problem. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shoot! I'll dial you into that Google app to all the neighbors around here and <laughs> see if we can spot them. <laughs> well, the, I I I do tend to know where people are. Like there's a person down the road that is positive, and I know because the um, the calls that come in is the code that they use. For negative or positive, is the um, is that right? what is that the the, the uh, UCD code, the ICD code? Mhm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So they they either say they give the code number and they either say negative or positive. <laughs> wow! I'm going to get the virus uh, to come down and take them in. <laughs> Well, that that that's where I was telling I was telling Mona about it and stuff. She goes, "How did you figure that out?" I said, "Mona, <laughs> she, never mind, never mind." That, that's what I do. It, it it's what I do. It's you you know that's R Z and I. You know Suzette. We we talk and 
we have people that we when I was on top of the mountain I met a lot of people and I got a lot of information and there's there's things and that's that's what it, you know I'm standing there with the well, it, you know, the town fire rescue, and that's who runs the fire tower and stuff, you know, the lookout tower, and they mm-hmm. just think you're one of the guys. And they just, if they only knew. But I, I've always been that way. I can pick up on things. And once she mentioned a certain code, and then I was reading the document that came from the National Medical Statistics database. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Oh, that's the U. That's the UN ICD code. Mhm. And then well, it, it was just, you know, they, because when they call for a rescue to go somewhere, the rescue needs to know if it's negative or positive, where they're going. Sure. Sure. When they updated the systems um, during that, um, the whole, what is it, um, electronic records thing, they had updated the book. Um, the codes, but the ICD-9, I guess it's called that version is 9, and it's a thick little heavy book with these thin little pages, thinner than Bible pages. <laughs> a little yeah. bitty, bitty yeah. writing. <laughs> All these codes for everything that you can dream of that has to do with anything medical as far as diagnosis for this or that, you know, and it's just like, when I got mine, I, I looked at it and I went, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just had well, remember, we got a <laughs> remember here what was it last year throughout last year where the conservatives were picking on the the liberals saying learn how to code yeah that's what it was about that's what it was about learn how to code oh, i thought coding <laughs> they were had to do with, uh, with uh developer developing you know software or something I didn't realize <laughs> referring yeah. to that because <laughs> what, what what bothers me is now we're talking about people being tracked by by an app <clears throat> right and you know there, there's there, there, therein lies the privacy issue you know what happens to the HIPAA rights of that of that person it gets Same tossed thing. out with the baby in the bathwater Exactly. Well, same thing that happens to and people then, reporting their neighbors. <laughs> you know, okay, geez, right. and, and, and then and reporting them. Think of the think of the discrimination. We know that there's people out there that have natural immunities to viruses. So can you imagine? Mm-hmm. They go, oh, you're you're COVID, you're COVID positive now. Now you're being fired from your job and this and that, and people won't let you in your their business. Yeah, no, this is, oh, yeah, where did this come up before? Oh, yeah, Mark of the Beast, a little book. Have you ever heard of it? It's called the the Bible. Have you ever heard of that book? A lot of stuff in that. <laughs> Can't say I have. Yeah, is it something that, new? Can you say on the list? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my driver's license? Yeah. Or 666. <laughs> 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 and, and 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 what's really bad is I'm also an ordained minister. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you sit where Satan sits? 
I, I was <laughs> I was at the I was on the checkout line at the store one time, and I I had to I reached in my wallet and I was going through all the I had to grab my my uh, debit card, and right there is my driver's license and my minister's credentials in my wallet, and the lady goes, "Oh, you're a minister?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." I said, "There's just one problem. Huh? I'm in bad shape." I'm in real bad shape. She goes, why? I said, look at, I saw her, my driver's license. I said, look at the three, the, the middle three numbers of my driver's license. She took one look and she busted out laughing. She's, she's dying laughing there. And the, the manager just happens to be coming over and he goes, what's so funny? And I, so I showed him my minister's credentials. I said, now look at the middle number of my driver's license number. He started cracking up. And I'm like, I'm not laughing. It's not fair. I've got the mark of the beast on my driver's license. Oh, I drive them nuts. My my birth date is the same forward as it is backward. Okay. It's the same forward <laughs> as it is backward. Okay. Sa- same numbers. And then for for the hospital down here, for Southern Maine Med, where that's the general hospital, it's always I've always dealt with them, and that there, my ID number on my file for there is the same forward as it is backward. The same ten-digit number is the same forward as it is backward, and the doctors have they all just well, you really are a numbers guy, aren't you? I go, yeah, and on the racetrack Saturday, you want to pick this one and this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, jeez. today's winning lotto. Oh. <laughs> right. Uh, well, though, RZ and I joke about that because this computer that I built, uh, my son and I, we sat down and got all the parts and everything else for it. And But for some reason, it it doesn't matter how many times I resync the time and reset the time, Usually within three weeks, like right now, it's four minutes faster than regular Internet time. It just all of a sudden gains four minutes. So my computer is four minutes into the future. If I post something in the chat room, it shows me that it says it was four minutes ago when I posted. It It says four minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have a dimension of sight, sound, and mind. You are entering that wondrous land. The signpost ahead, the Twilight Zone. Oh, I know. I, I hear that a lot. Mona, she's one of those. Like like right now, the latest series that she's re-watching on um, Amazon or, or one of them is uh, Little House on the Prairie. Oh, for goodness sakes. And I said... This is not a little house, and we are not on a prairie. Please. <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, my mother and I would watch that show. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. The funniest things that, 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 that happened usually happened with Nellie. Yes. Pale girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and the funny thing was about it is her own her own brother Willie would usually be a part of it. 
Well, you know that Nellie, <laughs> or an that plays on Little House on the Prairie, is actually um, she is on Fox News now, and she is on Outnumbered. Really? Yes, the blonde. That's her. And they oh talk wow! Yeah. yeah. And she smiles well, every know. now and then. She does that little wrinkle in her nose, and then you see, and you're like, "Yep, that's her." <laughs> Well, why why I I kind of laugh now when I happen to be fl- if I flip through or or I see a clip somewhere about outnumbered and they got Kennedy on there that came from uh-huh. uh, MTV. Mm-hmm. No, she came from M. She got her start on MTV. Oh, for crying she, out loud! Yeah, she was a host, and the only thing I picture is sorry for the derogatory when she held up a mic like she was holding up a guy's member and she's licking the end of the mic and everything that's all I needed to know about Kennedy (laughs) (laughs) and and now I see her acting as some conservative it's like yeah right far from it (laughs) far from it Oh, and I, I still, that sticks in my head, those big black glasses and that tongue. And it's like, ugh, really? <laughs> there, there was a, I remember, I remember when Tucker Carlson, uh, at one time he used to, I, I, if I remember correctly, he used to be on MSNBC at one time. He was. He didn't uh-huh. last long there, though. Mm-mm. No, just like uh, Buck Sexton, former CIA analyst, was on CNN. Uh-huh. Yes. And now he's a uh, Fox News contributor. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what? You know what gets me? They always have. You know how on, on outnumbered on Fox News, they always have uh-huh. the one lucky guy. Yeah. And it's always somebody that works for the station or one of their contributors. Just once, I'd like them to actually have someone, you know, like like you or I as the one lucky guy. And I, I guarantee if, if, they, if I was ever the one <laughs> lucky guy, the first thing I would do is I would go, you know, being outnumbered by four lovely ladies is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I... I've, Ask Suzette, Suzette, how do you think someone like me would do on out, you know, outnumbered? Um, how long do you think I would last on the air? <laughs> uh, not too long, just because they, the ladies like to, to over-talk everybody. <laughs> There's only a few that right. I've seen actually fight back, not really fight back, but um, actually get a word in edgewise. But, Yeah. <laughs> My my truth my truth would not last. It was the same thing as like you know I had when I when I started doing Bible studies and stuff on on the air and through the show and everything and people really like oh you you need to be in a church you need to go run your own church. I said are you kidding? What pastor out there today would actually pick up the Bible and start at the Book of Revelation and say it's time you learn the truth? 
and that would have been uh, not. Do you want me to answer that, or shall I just not bother? <laughs> All right, I looked right at the, the pastor of the church I used to go to down here. I looked right at him one day. He said he was going to do the end times, and I says, oh, so we're going to do the book of Revelation, and he just kind of looked at me. And the next week we came in, and out comes this chart. And he puts it up on the, the board. And after the two-week deal of it, and I says, I thought we were going to do the book of Revelation. He says, I did. I said, if God wanted the book of Revelation taught by a chart, we would open up the back of our Bible and unfold the chart. And he didn't like that too much. And especially when I found out the missionaries that were, they were actually missionaries for that church, openly admitted to me they had never read it. Never read the book of Revelation. I I remember going to uh, this uh, church in Peekskill, my hometown, called Ansville Baptist Church. And... At the time, you know, I, I knew who, I knew the pastor well, and I walked into the church, and his message was going to be on the Book of Revelations. Right? That's what it said in the program. Turned out not to be that at all. No. So when 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 services were over, and I was on my way out the door, I said. Pastor, explain something to me. It says here you were going to be preaching on the book of Revelations, but you didn't do that. How come? He goes, oh, I changed my mind at the last minute. I said, well, that's convenient. Confuse everybody in, in the congregation, why don't you? And everybody, all the congregants that were behind me started, started to laugh, and he goes, well, it was, but you see, it's, a, but, 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 I said, I was sitting on mine, and I'm, I'm sorry to say, I was, I, I, I sat there, I think, too long, because, like your uh, explanation, I, it, a part of my body went numb. The whole church started <laughs> cracking up. I said, but, have a nice week, Pastor. I'm out of here. Have a good day. You know, with all this stuff going on, think about it, George. With all of this that's going on right now, if people were actually taught the Bible, mm-hmm. what the Bible, the, the government, they have no pull with fear. Like with all this right. going on, I have no fear. I have no fear of it at all. None. You know, and... I know it's hard for a lot of people to think, but, you know, three and a half years ago, when you have a doctor look at you and say, my goal is to get you through 10 years, that's it, 10 years. That's what you get for a diagnosis. You make your peace with God real quick. You, you have to. You, you have to learn how you're going to be stuck at home, you're going to struggle, and you better make your peace. But if people knew the Bible, the way they used to in this country, there would be no fear. There would be none. 
the government would not have pull because the government right now wants you dependent on them. They don't want you growing a garden. They don't want you flying the flags like I fly here. You know, I mean, I, I get a lot of weird looks with people driving by and they see a Gagston flag, a Trump no more bullshit flag, a a stars and bars with the snake on it, you know, the Confederate flag with the do not tread on me snake on it, and a 13-star colonial. You know, I get a lot of weird looks because, you know, if something pisses off the liberals, I'm going to put it on my house. It's that simple. That's just kind of... I have, a, kind of, <laughs> I, I have, just, a, I have a, yeah. a, a Trump 2020 hat, and uh, I got it at the uh, at, at the uh, my friend Mike uh, here in New York. He got it for me at, at the uh, gun owners uh, association that we belong to, and he gave me a T-shirt, Trump 2020. So I'm wearing the T-shirt, I'm wearing the hat, and I go. All I did was walk. <laughs> you don't love this. I all I did was walk to my mailbox check the mail and everybody is staring at me like you know these these like oh my god kind of look you know on their faces so I'm walking back I, I, I didn't have any mail so I walk back to that I go to walk back to, to my building and uh, I get maybe two steps away from the door when I have a neighbor of mine tapping me on the shoulder. So I turn around and I said, yeah. And she goes, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I said, no, why? She goes, hey, listen, I, I'm a, I voted for, for him too, but I'm not going to walk out here and advertise. Do you know people get beat up for this? And I said, yeah. for what? And she goes, she points at, at, at the top of her head, and, and then she points at her, at her, at her at herself. And I, I look at my shirt, and I go, oops. I take my hat off, and I go, <laughs> okay, I get your point. <laughs> I put my hat back on, and I go to walk inside, and I said, uh, uh, help. <laughs> Uh, I, w- I walked right into the primary at the town hall here at uh, March on Super Tuesday. I had my Trump sweatshirt on and my Trump 2020 hat. I went walking right on in, but I also wore my black leather biker jacket also. So they didn't mess with me, especially, you know, I'm 6'2", so I kind of tower over a lot of other people. But I thought maybe that... Y- yeah, oh, it does. But I, I thought kind of they might say something because it's you're not supposed to uh, any political statements at polling places. I thought they might make me take it off, but they didn't. But then this town doesn't like me anyway. They know better. <laughs> They're scared of me. Well, <laughs> one of the one of the what, years ago, and this is before you know they they changed the voting machines. Uh, from the ones that you pull the arm to close the curtain and all, and you got the little toggle switches and all that. Yeah. Well, I remember going in, and the ladies at the at the table all knew me. 
you know, they all knew me. They knew my family. So I go in and I go to I sign my name. I get ready to go in to vote. I grab one of the sample ballots and I'm going over it. And, you know, it's the presidential election. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was uh, when Reagan first ran. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, yep, 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 yep. Across the board Republican, right? And I'm a registered independent. And the one lady that knows me very well, she just looks at me and goes, you sure do say yup a lot, George. I said, <laughs> yup. He goes, anybody on the, on the ballot you like? I said, yup. She goes, can you give me a hint? I said, nope. <laughs> I fold up the sample ballot, stuff it in my pocket. I go in the machine. <laughs> and, I go, and, I, and, 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 and I said it loud enough to be heard. I went, eeny, meeny, miny. Hey, no. No, no, no. Click, 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 click. Republican across the board. I open up the curtain. I walk out, and the ladies at the table are dying laughing. I said, what? <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? Well, my, my mother just happened to be standing at the table getting ready. To, she was signing her name to go in and vote. And my father was right next to her, and he goes, George, go home. (laughs) What? What did I do? What did I do? So the the lady that the the, this lady that knows me and and she she thought the world of me. You know, she always thought the world of me. She goes, Larry and Curly, Larry and Mo left, Curly. (laughs) <laughs> and I went Oh I'm a victim of circumstance No, no, no Everybody in line Was just dying laughing And I'm looking up My father's mortified My mother's just cracking up laughing And as I'm walking out There's this young couple With with their uh, Five year old daughter And of course you know The husband knows me from the firehouse and he goes, hey, Mo, look, a duck. No, no, no. His daughter looks looks at him and starts smiling. Didn't quite get to laughing yet. So I went, oh, look, a voting machine. No, 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 no. That's when they all, when everybody started losing. I'm like, okay, I won't be here all week, but thank you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> I'll have to try. I'll have to try that next time we go to vote. Oh, Master gave Dobie a ballot. Master <laughs> never gave Dobie a ballot before. Dobie's free. <laughs> that oh, that would definitely shake everybody. I'm really looking at you, going. Does do you do you watch uh, enough of the? Harry Potter movies, or is it, or, my, or what? My friend, my friend Harry Potter, I am here to defend my friend Harry Potter and his friends. And Dobby's a free elf. <laughs> <laughs> you you do that very well. No Seriously, yeah, no, you do that, that really great. Good. I like it. I, I get I get I get Mona a lot, especially when I go into the precious. My precious, precious ring. Them hobbits, them hobbits stole my precious, my precious, precious ring. 
It's what happens when me, myself, and I have too much time on my hands. When your hobbit is... I'm never feeling well, believe me. Uh, I, I, but Dobie, oh, I love do. I I get people, Ben. Oh, they uh, they split a gut when I get going. I really, especially they they they, they think of Dobie this little, you know, two foot elf, and and here's a six foot two one. I said, no, I'm just the troll that lives upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I I remember. Um, one time uh, on a, on another guy's uh, broadcast uh, that he did on Facebook for a while, I remember going on there, and uh, I I did my cheesy Bill Clinton, and I went, now now just remember if you if you see Hillary, please don't tell her I've been here because if she finds out I'm hanging out with conservatives, she'll she'll kill me, and she'll be like, oh I'm sorry Hillary, I won't do it anymore, I promise. You know, it smacked the back of my head loud enough for everybody to hear. <laughs> and then I got the idea to do the two dead presidents, one living, having a conversation. Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, and Bill Clinton. Or Jimmy Carter at the time, uh, depending on what mood I was in. So I would go, well, I know I'm dead, but, uh, you know, there are some things, uh, well, that I, I just, uh, well... Oh, will you get on with it already? You're making me dizzy. Oh, don't get don't get your bottles in an uproar there, Richie. I mean, good God, man, you gotta be. Will you stop talking? God damn it, Bill, you're a nut. You're, I mean, for God's sake, man, you're. Will you guys just? Well, just keep it down. I, I would do that back, <laughs> and people would be like, "How the hell does he do that?" <laughs> to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how the hell I do uh. that. Yeah, and it's 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 one thing you know, it's one thing to 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 be able to do vocal impressions like that. It's another thing to do them publicly, and keep a straight face. Right. Yeah. That that is hard. That is. You know, so you're not cracking up. It, it, it's you know, it, it's like when somebody keeps passing the old natural gas, and and it's like. Was that a G&L fart? G&L? <laughs> Did you gamble and lose? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I remember uh, a few years ago, uh, actually it was more than a few years ago, back uh, in, in uh, 2004, uh, I was still in the New York Guard at the time, and uh, I was wearing my Class B uniform because it's the 4th of July, you know, it's summertime, so I, I wore my Class B uniform. And of course, I o- the the company would always tag me to carry the American flag. Well, I'm marching along, marching along, carrying the American flag. I'm 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 happy camper, and we stop at the reviewing stand. And of course, we're not going for trophies or nothing. It's a local parade. So, the guy to my left goes, "Hey, George, go ahead." Do it. And the other guy on my right goes, yeah, come on, George, go for it. And I went, I don't think I should do this. And what I was going to do, what I ended up doing was doing Curly from the Three Stooges. 
because I had to call out to continue the march down the street. And I went, hey, fireman, let's go. No, 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 no. The entire, I swear to God, the entire, the entire reviewing stand is standing there dumbfounded with shocked looks on their faces. Everybody behind me is snickering. The two guys on either side of me carrying the banner are, are, are just doing their damnedest not to laugh. The people in the crowd are, are all chuckling. I, we get down the line of march. I take the flag. I roll it up, put it up in the hose bed. I take the harness off. I put that up in the hose bed. And I'm standing there with, with the guys, and, and we're, we're waiting for the others to come through, their color guard and everything. And I bring my hand up, I bring my hand up to salute the American flag, and all of a sudden I went, okay, two. Everybody just lost it laughing. <laughs> we could not keep a straight face the entire time we were there waiting for the last group to come through. And I get we get back to the firehouse. I jump off the apparatus. I go inside to grab a hot dog and a soda. And here's the captain of the company walking up to me, and he goes, George, if your commanding officer ever finds out about what you did today, Grass. Now, mind you, the captain of the company at the time was also a captain in the New York Army National Guard. Right. <laughs> and I knew that. And, he, and I'm like, but, 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 he goes, for your sake, you better hope you still have one when he gets done chewing you, chewing it, chewing, chewing you, chewing, and, and spitting you. You are dead meat. I won't say anything. But somebody's bound to. Well, two weeks later, I had to go to the administrative meeting at the base. I walk in. They're all going. They're all applauding. And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? Well, out comes from his office the commanding general. And he looks at me and he says, well, they just... Well, you know what you did in uh, the Fourth of July parade was very entertaining. I said you heard about that, huh? And I started to sink real deep in my chair. And he just looked at me, smiled, and said, "Don't worry about it, Sergeant. We all have to have fun at some point, even while in uniform. You're not in trouble, but please try to find something other than curly to imitate next time." <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, come on. I can't be fell out of my chair because I was like, I thought for sure I was going to get reamed out for it. Uh, yeah, we, we do. We all have fun. But I mean, you know, I've been on, you know, like you, you've been on the air for so long and it, it, it just comes natural after a while. You just act natural and, 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 and it's fun. Yeah, because no way, figure it like this. You know, I, I've been on blog talk radio for more than 12 years. So in, in the 12 years I've been doing this and the limited number of years on the other platforms, you know, after about five years on the air, I started getting so relaxed and so comfortable doing what I do that 
you know, being able to jump into a, a vocal impression or something like that just became second nature. It, 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 I didn't even think of it. I, I just, I wouldn't think about it. I'd just do it. I, I, would, I would go into a Jimmy Carter impression just to break the ice, and i go, hey, everybody, this is, your, this is the former president, Jimmy Carter. Yes, my brother had, he had the beer, and I had the peanuts. And after we had the beer and we had the peanuts, we ended up having the shits. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. It just felt natural. I agree with you. Well, unfortunately, everybody, we're running out of time here on the BTR side, and I, I'm going to I'm going to be locking up shop. But before I go, and before everybody disappears, um, I just want to say thank you to Robin Suzette for joining us and uh, for joining me, and of course uh, No Way and Gunslinger, and uh, of course Iggy Mom and Boyd. Uh, Mike from Louisiana when he was here, and, and of course, uh, the elsewheres that are in the chat room as well, and all of you watching and listening by archives. We'll be back at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 Central, and 8 Pacific Time for the Tuesday night edition of Firefox News Online on the multiple broadcast platforms of the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Just remember this and don't ever forget, Y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. And if you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, don't name it after me. I'm George Sinzer, and for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. We'll catch you on the next edition. Even, even, well, actually, I'll let, I'll let the actual one do that. Because uh, <laughs> that's where <laughs> fun goes. Uh, so, uh, now I can just get my... My 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 computer to cooperate. We're out of here. Night all. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox Express. Written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. You can catch the links to Firefox News Online's broadcast by going to facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. For the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Networks. Hey, we'd like to hear from you, so send your comments to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, any stories or topic ideas you might have, We'd like to hear from you. Send to WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. That's WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. Again, thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you so much for being here.